Hello, one and all, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is January the 18th of 2023, and uh, something strange has happened this week, Quinn. Oh, in in your neighborhood? No, just like, just on the internet, which is more important. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nick's like, yeah, I mean, Bazoolabub has infected my neighbor's apartment, but that's theirs, so... (laughs) Yeah, it was like the entire earth around my apartment just completely caved in, uh, trapped on a small island with abyss extending for one mile on all sides. But look, manga. Uh, so, <laughs> but lucky I've got enough spaghettios to last me a fortnight. So that's Fortnite Nick's problem, <laughs> which. Uh... Isn't uh, the Nick from a Fortnite from now, but it is the one who does a bunch of dances that were stolen from other people. It's the one who's Uh, in Fortnite, yeah. (laughs) Which I know very little about. Uh, So they gotta be be getting to you soon, Nick. They're running out of things to to bring over. It doesn't matter though. Like it's like, look, we put we put Goku in this lane. All right, okay. It's it's my favorite is when someone just makes a joke out of it and they're like. After training, learning the Kamehameha from Ariana Grande and defeating the evil Rick and Morty. Uh, topical. Um, so, um, there was no manga this week. Asterisk, yes, there was. There was Chainsaw Man, but that's not enough to do an entire episode about Let's one just chapter. Do an hour and a half discussion of Chainsaw Man, Nick. We're gonna have to take it not just panel by panel, uh, inch by inch of said panels, and really which, analyze them. Which was your favorite uh, iteration of the phrase "dingy spinal cord sword" in this chapter? <laughs> uh, it's got to be. It's got to be the turnabout to Asa's spinal cord sword. Obviously, that's my favorite. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah, we. I. I, I guess before. Well, well, I guess we should say what we're doing. Yeah, which we're, is we're Q, doing Q and A. Q and A. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do need to say, uh, because there are some people here who probably don't uh, follow on Twitter or in our Discord. Discord is probably the more important place for this, but uh, I did also mention on Twitter, uh, Eden Zero is not going to be in the recap anymore. And it's weirdly not because like it finally did something so perverted or dumb that I'm like, I can't handle it anymore. It's that the rights are gone and you yep. can't get it legally translated anywhere. I'll mention this next week as well, because I don't expect everybody to listen to a Q&A podcast. Um but as of right now, that was the last chapter of Eden Zero. Um, yeah, what a way to go out. <laughs> uh, it feels oddly fitting for the series, but uh, I will think, and I'll probably have to have some conversations with Nick at some point about like what that ultimately means. It might what just we do? Yeah, it might just mean that's it, and you know, maybe. maybe we'll think of something else to replace it, or maybe we won't. I don't know. Some people say the recap's pretty crowded anyway, but. Uh, yeah, in case you were curious or you saw that news, you're like, oh, what are they going to do? The answer is uh, nothing. It is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's been taken from us. Yeah, uh, uh, Saved from us, maybe. Yeah, we don't like to uh, encourage the, the use of scanlations uh, on our show. And uh, in order to follow the chapter week by week, we would pretty much have to use them. Yes. Uh, so no real getting around that. Uh, maybe at some point in the future. We will do some sort of uh, like, for example, if uh, if a 
that the rights get negotiated for whatever reason, and uh, Simon Pub gets reestablished for the series. Maybe we could do a little catch up, continue doing it. Uh, if a contract doesn't get worked out uh, before the series ends, then maybe we'll do a thing where we just kind of do like, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a special episode where we cover like the, the final stretch of the series or something like that. Yeah. But uh, for right now, yeah, that kind of puts us in a bind. But hey, our podcast is based around talking about media created by other people that have complicated uh, rights distributions. Uh, so we're beholden to that. Uh, I was thinking about doing a whole thing that had to do with like the Bleach anime, and then it would have turned out I would have had to get a Hulu subscription, and I was like, "Oh fuck that!" Uh, so, <laughs> Too much <laughs> so work. I changed my plans. Uh, so, but this is way more of a hurdle to overcome, uh, as in we can't. Yes. So. <laughs> as in it's been decided for us. So yeah, uh, in case. Sorry guys. Yeah, uh, as I said we'll reiterate it a little bit next week as well, but done. Yeah, uh, but hey, we've uh, got quite a few series that we will still be talking about week by week. And uh, hopefully the Eden Zero shaped hole in our hearts will be filled in someday by, I don't know, some other just like really horny author that uh, has a series that lasts a bizarrely long time. Like, you know, that that can't be that hard to figure out right <laughs> i think it's gonna be funny when we get to the year and recap and ninja is going to feel obligated to put uh in oh zero and, and you're gonna be like we didn't talk about it this year did we like got we to about one chapter two <laughs> ch- one chapter i think <laughs> technically it was in this year Ooh. oh god yeah either i'll know the whole thing or i or i'll be like oh fuck no it like, was a thing that there were boobs. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to give him a half point, Ninja. You, you got you got that there were boobs in it. That's right. Yeah, come on. Uh, but, hey, getting away from that, uh, over the last several years, really, but in this case, months, uh, you guys have been submitting questions for us to eventually have uh, some talking uh, points about. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's work off of them, shall we? Yes. We have... Uh, questions from a while ago. I remember yes. looking at these uh, previously. We're going back, Nick, to the good old days of 2021. Uh, back when, I guess, the pandemic was still in our hearts and minds and not just something we pretended was done. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And, um, and I think Shang-Chi had just come out. It was a good time for everybody. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Shang-Chi. Master oh, Shang-Chi. Okay, Shang-Chi. Yeah. I thought you just, I thought you said, I, I, I just melded a few more syllables there together. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Shang-Chi, actually, among my favorite recent Marvel movies. There you go. See? <laughs> I quite liked it. That's what so. I'm saying. Everybody loved it. Let's go. Do you want to start? Uh, sure. I'll read off the question. Why don't I? This comes to us from Credo Prime, who says... <gasps> from Credo Prime Presents uh, Love <laughs> yeah. Story, I think the was very, the very same. Oh, wow. Or lo- Love that's, Stage. That's, that's their claim to fame. He bought oh, nothing more. Oh, man. Can you imagine like having that reputation uh, precede you wherever you go? Like, how lucky you must feel to yeah. know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, Korea Prime says, I've been doing a reread of the World Trigger Rank Wars to prepare for the anime. And I started to wonder, you think these kids are forced to go to therapy as part of their training? The advantage of a try-on body is that they can go all out in training, but that also means that they're constantly murdering each other on a daily basis, and that can't be a good thing. But most of your army is in middle school. Uh, so I would say normally like we could do like kind of a joke answer about this, but I think that if there were any series that would cover the intricacies of like therapy for its soldiers, it would 100 billion percent be world trigger. Uh, I, uh, I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but honestly, if it does happen in the future, once we eventually get out of the purgatory, that is this this test that they can't seem to get out of, uh, then maybe at some point we would actually see something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think to some degree we recognize that it exists because that's been an entire focal point for Chica is just like the acknowledgement of, hey, even though these are fake bodies, Chica can't blow them up. And like it was kind of a big thing. I don't know if the kids are required to go to therapy because, though, it felt like that could have been an answer for what they did. It never seemed to be posed. I guess because the mechanics of it are so video gamey that mm-hmm. maybe they're like, I don't know, it doesn't really hurt or anything like that. Like, maybe people aren't traumatized by it. Like, no one, no one is, I don't think anyone's ever come back from a Triumph battle, like, screaming in pain. Everyone seems to get, like, stabbed yeah, in the chest yeah. and they're like, drat. Yeah, pretty much. I think that that is the I think that maybe we've seen like Kagira go fuck or something like along those lines. But it has very rarely been anything more than like someone kind of wakes up in the bed and is just a little bit upset. Yeah. So So maybe not. But I can definitely definitely see the logic of it, though, being like you were just cutting apart other people's bodies. Mm -hmm. But I guess if there's no gore viscera and they're just leaking out energy goo, you're just like or energy gas. You're just like, yeah, sounds good. Let's keep going. Yeah. And not just like cutting apart other people, but cutting apart, you know, like their friends and (laughs) peers. So definitely something to consider. Uh, Also, as a follow up question to this, Carito asks, do you think that anyone's had a fuck up and chopped Bully's arm off by accident? (laughs) Uh, Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. Felt like Kuga was going to get close to it at one point. Uh, That's true. Yes. uh, But yeah, Uh, I don't think exactly. Uh, we have a question here from El Mysterioso, who says, Dear Nick of Time, Air Raid Vehicle, and Rolo T Urban Assault Vehicle. Do you get the reference there, Nick? No. Those are the two different versions of the song Rolling by hint new metal band Lincoln or uh, Lip Biscuit. So I was gonna say. <laughs> Air Raid or Air Raid Vehicle is the normal version that you, of course, know iconically as the uh, Undertaker's theme song for a period of time. But Urban Assault Vehicle is where a couple rappers came in to do extra parts. They add a little bit. It's the superior version, to be completely honest. So Oh, because there's someone else rapping on it that knows how to rap? <laughs> I mean, it's like DMX, so it's not like a gigantic jump in quality. <laughs> It's like D- it's like DMX really phoning it into. He likes he's like just he's like playing with his Tamagotchi. I would I was gonna say cell phone, but this was you know like late nineties. Uh, so he's got his Tamagotchi, and he goes like, "Hey, you want you want to do reverse? All right, all right." <laughs> You're not wrong. 
That's the song I always think of when people say all DMX does is bark because I'm like, he does bark a lot in that song. <laughs> um, so anyway, can you think of any examples of a character design that feels like the platonic ideal of that particular author's style? Like which One Piece character has the most, quote, Oda design? What about other series? Or perhaps what character designs are so ridiculous that they feel like parodies of the author's style? I have always felt like Morley felt more like something to make fun of Oda's usual style than a design from, than a design from the man himself. I'm trying to think of the most female of Oda's female characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, they've all like that. A lot of them have that same body shape. Which one has the most that body shape? Uh, it's got to be like Rebecca, right? Like. Very little personality, uh, gigantic yeah. chest, like tiny waist, like very little defining features in the fact it's like pink hair. Um, At least she had that cool helmet to start with, but then, event, I mean, then she stopped fighting and stopped wearing that helmet. So I was like, oh, no, like her main defining feature is gone. <laughs> uh, I have three of these. So I, I wrote these down in advance. Uh, when I think of like the platonic ideal part of it, like what mm -hmm. platonic focus is, I say for Oda, I feel like it's Frankie in that it is an entirely over the top character that you're like, this is the dumbest character design I've ever seen. Like that's, this is patently ridiculous. And then like you see him move and like act and like get cool moments. You're like, God damn it. This is an amazing character design. Like this is frustrating how cool this is. And it's sure it's so ridiculous. Uh, for Okubo, who is the manga behind uh, Fire Force and Soul Eater, uh, I have uh, Benamaru Shinmon, which is from Fire Force. Uh, I feel like Okubo has like an aesthetic to their characters, which is like sad boys. Even when they're not sad boy characters, they just kind of sure. look like sad boys. This motherfucker's like a tall sad boy, but the thing that makes him like the platonic ideal is this motherfucker has two eyes with weird irises that are different. So like one's like a multiple, like an X, like a multiplied and one's like a fucking straight dash. And you're just like, Jesus yeah, Christ. man, fucking go for it. <laughs> um, and then with Kubo, I was, I thought Oscar Naklavar, where it's like pretty boy, sharp face edges, good physique, slicked back hair but then like one defining kind of like feature form and that's like the weird dangly kind of like antenna thing mm -hmm. i was gonna say because i think that oscar naklavar his um especially like like because i was trying to remember exactly what it looks like i feel like his face isn't kubo's usual style because mm. uh, he's got the very expressive lips I usually that I was trying to think of uh, Bleach as well or Kubo as well. I was kind of going through and, I, and a few different ones, kind of like I was rotating through. Like, no, that doesn't quite fit. No, doesn't quite fit. Like, I thought about like Hisagi, like the guy with like the freaking sixty nine on his face and the vertical stripes and stuff. And it's like, eh, not quite. But honestly, I feel like Grimjow is a really good example of his mm, design. Grimjow especially probably is the answer. Yeah. Especially because he, you know, is. recycled a lot of that design from uh, zombie powder. Uh, 
but you know like the like you were mentioning it with Oscar Naklavar like you know the very distinct facial tick you know he's got the jawbone hanging off his face he's got the weird hair hairstyle and stuff uh Grim Joe is on is among you know like kind of the handful of wild looking characters that Koopa likes to draw and a lot of times I do associate with his style someone more along the lines of like Hitsugaya who's just always oh, got the like mm, kind of almost bored look on their face with the half slitted eyes. But uh, I feel like that's kind of like the two answers that we came up with kind of like are the two halves of it. Yeah. The dualities of, of the world. And then, and then Hari Bell is the third one. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Gigantic rack. There's other stuff I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that is a very good question, though. I do like thinking of that. Yeah, platonic. yeah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next comes to us from Gelly Elfson, which is, if you were to make a list of the top five series that were unfairly axed and deserve a second chance, what series would you choose? Okay. So do you have to have like something prepped for this? Because I, I can try and think of some, but I, I have five. I didn't realize it was a top five. So I'm really quick, quickly swapping these around in my head. OK. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think that would go up there. OK. So my number five, I'm going to say is Phantom Seer, which we covered very briefly on the podcast. And I continue to read afterwards. It was a series that was starting to find its footing and then kind of mm. mysteriously got canceled. Its sales were actually pretty good. So it's never been quite clear. Maybe it was something editorial behind the scenes. Maybe there was a disagreement between the author and the artist or something like that. Uh, but for a series that was actually starting to find its footing and get kind of good, it, it felt like Phantom Seer deserved a little bit more time. It's kind of like a more dark and mature kind of like battle shonen. Yeah. Um, Number four, I have Neolation. Uh, I've gone on record yeah. before about how much I really enjoyed it. I thought like a kind of heist spy, you know, tech kid story kind of would have been a really fun series. And that was another one that was really starting to get its footing uh, right before it got canceled. Uh, number three, I have Nine Dragons Ball Parade. Uh, just mm. a good sports series that I wish had gone around a little bit longer, unfortunately. But it is what it is. It is second to my other big sports series of Cross Manage which absolutely should have gotten to run as long as it wanted. It was a really, really good story with really, really good art. Um, and I really enjoyed that one. I wish we had gotten to see more of those, like more matches, I guess, is what I really wanted to see. Yeah. And then, of course, number one was obvious. It's Magu-Chan. I wish Magu-Chan had gotten to run for years and years. Really, really good. Uh I'm a little bit surprised to hear you say say, say that one because uh, not not because Magachan is not great and I would have loved for it to just continue on longer, but uh, I'm just surprised you didn't mention it all. Gaku Hote, um, Gaku Hote is a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you also mentioned like uh, Cross Manage, which I know did last for a little bit longer than a year, but I do think that it could have been a series that could have gone on for several years. Uh, like we were only really just getting to know like the team uh, when it started to wind down. Um, we uh, have also talked about some of the stuff that I have uh, definitely a kind of a, 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 a soft place for my heart. Uh, we've talked about like lock on before with that uh, photographer uh, main character. Not the one shot version, right? Uh, 
Well, the one, the one shot was the one where he like beats up people and concludes it by like throwing his camera at somebody. I think. he's also much more of a pervert. More perverted, I think. Yeah, that's I was gonna say right. he's definitely yeah, more yeah. perverted in the one shot. Right. Um, and uh, oh, I had another. I had one more at least to consider. I did consider oh, Ru- right Rudar in the chat is mentioning double arts, and that was one I definitely considered. But I was like, we mm. did get Nisekoi, I guess, eventually. So right, right. Yeah. At least there was a a bright spot to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, in an ironic sense, <laughs> not like the longer that goes by with us not having it, the more I wish that Samurai Eight were around. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't good, but it was fun. Yeah, our lives were brighter when it was around. <laughs> like, uh, I guess I would prefer that if like someone was like, "You get that," but Boruto's gone. I'd be like, "Yeah, I think I'd prefer to do it every week, but like it's a much shorter amount, and like it doesn't trample on my memories of a series I have fondness yeah. for so frequently." <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. So I think I think that that's a good uh, set of answers. I, I'm sorry if I don't didn't actually come up with a full top five, but yeah, I've got I've, I'm a little bit more like reserved in my. Nah, I probably deserve to get canceled than a lot of people are. So. Oh oh oh! I'll get killed if if neither of us mentions. Um, oh, hang on, I've got to find its name because I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, well, shit. What was the? It was the. the it was the it was the one that had the kind of fables and the extendo sticks. Oh, that they um, <laughs> oh God! What was the name of that series? Oh, I've completely—it's completely slipped my mind. Uh, wow! I know the one you're talking about—the one with the girl who's like missing most of her limbs and everything like that. Yes. Oh. Um, oh, I, it, it's the last Sayuki. Okay. okay the there last Sayuki. Yeah. Yes. Um, cause I think that especially when we like right around the time that we knew it was definitely going to get canceled was right around the time it was like, oh, this is actually starting to get pretty good. And then it showed off that last chapter, like, oh, that could have been really good. Damn it. And, uh, it's not like it was horrible before that too. Yeah. Uh, it was, there was some nice bits to it. It's just that eh, didn't catch on. So didn't catch on, unfortunately. All right. Uh, we're going to move over to a question from G Flugel. Uh, he says, greetings, NFT, a.k.a. Nicholas Freeman Time Roller and Quinn Rolo Transactions Larios. I would be sorry, but my shame has been gambled away on the blockchain for some monkey hashtag Ray PNGs. <laughs> he would be into crypto. That he does make sense. Uh, you both have been reading Shonen Manga for many years, maybe even starting while you were at the core target audience for uh, the series. Uh, but as you've matured or at least grown older, uh, you are now in the more typical age range of adult mentors or adult <laughs> useless adult characters. How do you think your perception of stories primarily aimed at teenage perspective and mindset has changed? Uh, for certain things, I definitely have less patience. Um, uh, like certain things that are kind of just generally stupid behaviors for characters to have that are meant to make them appeal to uh, young people in the target audience. Uh, and I think that that has come across for me longer than it would for a lot of people. Uh, like I've thought that I I've not really liked Asta type characters for an incredibly long time. <laughs> uh, but the further along that I get, the more I just like, God, it's just another stupid guy. Who's just going to, 
you know, you like you guys heard me go on about the protagonist of uh, that series I've blocked from my memory that we talked about last week. Uh, Earth Child. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and where it was just this attitude of like, oh, if you just like willpowers it hard enough, then everything's going to be OK. If you just believe strong enough then he never actually has to make difficult choices. And it's like, I'm just that's just not interesting to me anymore unless you do something to at least earn it. Uh, and uh, I also find, uh, you know, in terms of like kind of more moral kind of things that like I get skeeved out by a few sexual things a bit more easily. Yeah. Uh, like it's definitely like there's I've always kind of like, you know, had kind of like had a kind of turning up my nose at certain fan service things. But when you're, you know, 16 and you're watching a 14 to 18 year old get sexualized you might get tired of it, but also like you don't feel like grotesque reading it. Yeah, like, there's uh, definitely a level of like I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I right. want to go now. Uh, so there's that, and I think that that in particular might be the most pronounced way that I've actually changed is just like how that kind of has kind of been cranked up in terms of like I don't want to read this part of it. I'm just gonna. <laughs> zip on through to something else fellas uh yeah no i can agree completely i i I will say i never really connected a ton with like shonen protagonists uh maybe part of that was just being trans and not connecting a lot with uh predominantly male characters uh but also just like i feel like male protagonists in series generally have a very uh sameness kind of quality to me uh so i didn't I don't have a ton there, but I definitely do feel where you are now where you're like, there's some aspects you're like, ah, I just want you to, it it comes a lot when it's like romances that characters like just don't progress because they refuse to communicate with each other. It's like the most frustrating thing is like, once you become an adult and you understand how relationships are, you're like, look, I understand you have a narrative you're trying to do, but if you would just talk to each other, this would be resolved. But uh yeah um that's just kind of i mean that's that's less a that's less a shonen manga thing and more just like the general media thing honestly Uh, and that's one of the things that's been really refreshing about also reading like good romance stories Uh, not just like blue box which we you know we have nice things to say about almost every week we talk about it but other you know stuff that we've taken as recommendations and stuff and it's been nice to see oh good you know there are shonen manga romance stories that can be told that are good Uh, and have more basis in like how people actually interact with each other yes um the second part of this is also do you think the age focus of shonen manga has changed over time with some big series seemingly having more mature themes and older protagonists in recent years yes but no Mm. uh yes because uh i feel like there is more capability than ever for uh older fans have shown in to consume it uh, and also just life expectancy has gotten big getting longer in general but you have to keep in mind that uh anime and manga especially like mainstream shonen stuff has always been just generally popular in japan it hasn't just been more of a niche thing like it is in west the in the west uh so you know stuff like that's really popular like one piece and naruto is also popular just generally over there 
Uh, and so I think that there's like just always a bunch of like older than you would expect uh, manga fans, you know, reading Shonen Jump and other magazines like that. Uh, I think that it is just easier for people to find the time to read it now. And so maybe there is a little bit of like just kind of the average reading age has been dragged up a little bit, but it's not because like, you know, there's more older people like reading it. It's just easier for them to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed that one around ahead. All right. Well, we got some questions now from Ota. Ota! Who says, Dear Unnick and Unquin. Oh, we get to be like uh, the unbirthday shit. We get to be like wacky now. Yeah, that was the reference. <laughs> yeah, remember from fucking Alice in Wonderland, the unbirthday. I do know it, yeah. yes, yes. We get to like pour tea on each other's heads and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, like, very birthday to you. Oh my goodness, don't you know? Yes. Uh, first question. What's something that you learned recently that you're too old to not know, such as I only truly understood the concept of daylight savings at 21? Oh, my God. You're only 21. You're a baby. You have so much of the world to learn. <laughs> um, There was something that I learned recently that did kind of blow my mind because I was like, what is that? Why they do that? But I, I like I, I, I only remember the feeling. I don't remember what it was. So uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I will also apologize because uh, I don't have an exact answer for this. All I could say is that as a person who owns a home, uh, my life is constantly filled with me learning things I did not know about yeah. this. Uh, like even just something as simple as being like, how do I not know how to use a drill? It can't be that hard. And then you're like, it's not. But like for a moment, I needed to like figure out like, how the fuck do I get this fucking drill bit out? And then you're like, oh, right. <laughs> Silly me. Silly little goose. Uh, so I constantly run into it all the time. Uh, <laughs> even like, I guess I'll give you a better example. This one's like not quite the same because it's it, it involves transitioning, but just like like makeup i truly didn't understand it until before and i'm like oh yeah i'm like oh there needs to be a foundation huh like i don't know why like i've painted things in a great many scales and like i always forget mm-hmm. you know like there's a layer that needs to go on first to make sure everything else adheres to oh right how novel and quaint <laughs> you're just having a conversation with yourself <laughs> yeah it's my <laughs> As the fucking paint runs off my walls, I'm like, oh, I was supposed to. I forgot the primer. Ooh, that seems important. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think that there was something that I learned, like, involving, like, cars recently, too. Oh, God. Uh, I- yeah. I've given up learning anything about cars. Well, just in terms of, like, general maintenance kind of thing. Or, like, you know how where you have that thing where you're like, this is the wonderful thing about living in this day and age is that if I suspect that there is something even slightly wrong with my car, then I'll then I'll in the middle of driving, get on my phone and be like, is something wrong with my car? <laughs> and I'll be like, you need to stop driving now. <laughs> the ghost is in your car. Like, no, like I only learned like what it's like to have a, a to have your car battery die while you're driving it. Uh, it's pretty scary. Uh, yeah, as it turns out. Yeah, uh, I, in a similar way, 
me and my entire family were driving back from my dad's place. It was like New Year's Eve, pouring rain on the highway. Our windshield wipers stopped. So my my brother-in-law was the one driving, had to pull us into like that patch of grass in the middle, which was not even bumping up and down. And we just found out that it had the motor had died, essentially. Yeah. You were just like. Well, I'm glad you had the Thor thought to know that because otherwise I would have had no idea what to do in that situation. Like, it is a terrifying thing. Yeah. God. No, cars are scary. Yeah. <laughs> they suck, dude. I hate them. We, should, we shouldn't drive them if, <laughs> if we could avoid it. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's uh second question then. Uh, both of you choose a recap series. Undead Unlocked. Now. Okay. Four Kid has returned okay. and is dubbing the adaptation. What changes do they make? Okay. Uh, what one did you pick? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll go with the Elusive Samurai. Okay. Undead Unlock. Uh, I th- so I was about to say Undead is a problem, but I don't think so. You could say Undead without it being an issue. However, the fact that Andy constantly cuts his body apart is a yes. problem. So here's the thing. He does cut his body apart, but he explains it's because he's not like a human or something like that. He's like, I made a Play-Doh or something like that. He's not shooting blood. They're like, what? what's that? They make it clear. They're like, human body is like 97% water. He's just shooting water at people. <laughs> like, uh, really, really fast. And it's part, of, it's part of the process of turning in to Play-Doh uh-huh. is that all the moisture has to be jettisoned Ex- out of the part of his body. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm sorry to think Billy can't use a gun right. so instead the six shooters are like the six faces on a dice or some shit like that uh, something that doesn't make sense at all uh, who else really would be like a big problem for that series Shen would be fine everyone would make a lot of bad un puns they do a lot of like you're unbelievable and then forget that like some of those are actually like powers that come on they're like how can you be so unfeeling and like someone was like i think a character might have that power later on they're like shut up no we're never gonna get that far (laughs) the unknown from pokemon show up too as part of a promotional crossover event that'd be so cool um yeah I, i i think and obviously there's so much you'd have to censor like oh there's for sure there's like even just like andy being weird and kind of touchy at the beginning he had to be like i'm gonna tickle you and that's gonna cause your power to come out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah this is ninja's right it's four kids it would be a mallet gun (laughs) it's it's what he's firing he's like hands (laughs) to the sky Uh, for the Elusive Samurai, uh, all the non-Bokucho game of tag things, it would actually just be like a a, a joke dub uh, where they're all just it's just a giant game of tag with Tokiyuki. Uh, so like, you know, the bad guys are just trying to tag Tokiyuki. So like, you know, he go, he gets into like the uh, he gets into the fight with like Sadamune with his archery stuff. And instead of like shooting regular arrows, he's got like arrows that have like a tag your it button on the tip of them and stuff. Um Every time that there is like a sword fight where blood is involved, instead they are hitting each other with uh, inflatable swords. Um, And um, all of the uh, 
indications that there are child soldiers are just like, no, they're just people who are playing game of tag. And uh, oh. that's it. Yeah, I forgot. It's, this. it's just nice, nice, wholesome, <laughs> nice, pleasant experience. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I forgot. No danger. I forgot to mention Andy has a uh, Brooklyn accent, which is weird because he definitely <laughs> should have a Bostonian accent if he's going to have one. But he's definitely like, oh, what's going on? Here? I'm about to shoot my water all over you. Uh, also, every time the Tokiyuki uh, gets excited over like being in danger and he starts blushing and stuff, it's uh, because he's just eating something spicy. Ah, uh, he just ate something spicy off screen. Yeah, and, uh, he's like, and they're uh, like Tokiyuki, stop eating chili peppers when we're in a dangerous situation. <laughs> oh, I can't help this. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hate it. Um, oh, there's one. Oh, last one. there's one. There's one last one last question from Ota. This one is dumb, but oh, okay. if each of you had the other ones have been serious. That's right. If each this was dumb, but if you had personal attack names, what would be their naming convention? As in Luffy's mm. punching attacks or guns, and Frankie says Frankie. <laughs> uh, I mean, he does. Uh, that's a good one as well. What would be like the gimmick to hold on to? Uh, I would like to think just nonsense words. Like I'm just a foolish person in this universe, so it's just like Quinn Sakaputas and Quinn Spicekarte. Like I just find the silliest words in other languages and use them. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm not saying this to sound cool. I'm saying this because these are fun words to say, just like Norse mythology words. Oh. Like, look, there's, there are a few things in the world I enjoy more than just saying Ragnarok, like properly, like Ragnarok, like that's so fucking fun to say, uh, Jormungandr. It's just a fun word. All right. And they sound they sound cool intrinsically, even if you don't know what they're referring to. What about the which... world tree? That's Yggdrasil. Okay. Well, not yeah. you, you're not Yggdrasil? <laughs> Yggdrasil. That... Come over here, Yggdrasil. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they said, that's how I always assume it is, because that's what they call a character named it in Tales of Symphonia in the English dub. They're like, we got to stop Yggdrasil. And I'm, always, Yggdrasil. and I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> That's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure how it's pronounced either, but I'm pretty sure it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> not pronounced exactly phonetically as it would assume no. under our sensibilities. <laughs> oh boy. Uh that's a good one. Uh we got questions here from Lazarus. Dear Weekly Longer Recap, good twin of the mm. wicked wood manufacturers radio. Fuck those guys. You yeah. had to buy a birthday present for each of the strides, but you're shopping on a budget. What cheap but thoughtful gifts do you give? All right, you don't need to think for Luffy. You get him some food. You just like, get him that's, meat. <laughs> he, if you try and put more thought into it, he will appreciate it less the more thought you put into it. Okay. I, I, I do have an answer for all of these, by the way. I wrote this all this down. Cool. Uh Zoro Nick. Mm -hmm. He only cares about sword. What's a cheap yeah. sword thing you can get him? whetstone i don't know what a whetstone is i just give him a rock <laughs> and i'm like you can use it to sharpen your sword <laughs> he's th the thought is there i'm like any stone would work right <laughs> I, had, I just got you a big rock 
I like how you start off with something really nice and thoughtful, and you're like, yeah, but I don't know what it is. Like, here's a rock. Well, I feel like a real whetstone's probably expensive. Like, I feel like if you go, it's like a hundred bucks or some shit like that. I'll, I'll buy whetstone. Uh, I want to see... Yeah, that shit's like fucking 30 bucks. Well, that's it's not, not that, much. that much, Quinn. That's not that much. <laughs> but that's for kitchen knives. Zoro has a, like a master class caliber sword. He needs a nicer one. That's why I gave him a rock. <laughs> um, Nami, I got a basket of tangerines because she likes them. Aww, yeah, that is a very thoughtful gift for her. Yeah, Because a lot of people would just think just give her money. It was like, oh, yeah, well, she, she, yeah, this would be sentimental. Uh, yeah. Usopp gets uh, some Orbeez. You know, those little orbs you dip into water and they expand uh, because you can use them for, like, ammunition, but also for pranks. And he does love his pranks. Yeah, he would He would think of them first and foremost of, like, oh, look at the way they entertain the children and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would enjoy it. That, those are relatively cheap to buy, so I think it would work. Um, Sanji some seasoning mixes i like to think our world has different like tastes and cultures than like his necessarily would and as a chef i think he would like deeply appreciate like you can get seasoning mixes relatively cheap at a store just be like here's some spices that you might enjoy and he would love them for his cooking um chopper gets cotton candy because look look it feels like that's like me but he does he fucking loves he loves cotton candy. candy. He loves that shit. And that's cheap as shit. It's just sugar. It is insanely cheap, yes. Yeah. Uh Robin, uh the way I phrased it isn't great. I just wrote some weird used book, but I would actually put work into finding a book that's used that I feel like she would find interesting. I really go would to the, go to go to like the thrift shops or like the library to see if yes. they've got some books that even they don't want. Yes. Uh Frankie. I didn't think this one through. I wrote down a USB full of video game ROMs. I don't know if he has a way to play them, but I do think he would greatly enjoy having all of like the Super Nintendo game catalog to play with. I feel like he would enjoy that. Or just like get him some technology that exists in our world, but not in the world of One Piece. But that's, he would it has to, be on, has, to, has to be on a budget, though. Like, what technology am I buying him? That's... I don't think that they have USBs, so that he might could be build, good. Yeah, he could build it. I feel like he could. Mm. And then he'd love, because I'm like, what would an American child love? Because that's what Frankie is at heart. And I'd be like, fucking a shit ton of video games. Especially if you've never Hell seen yeah. them before. Yeah, he'd go crazy for it. Uh, Brooke. Easy answer, of course, is like a pair of panties, but that's kind of weird. Like it, there's implications there. I don't really want to get into <laughs> implications. Yeah, well, like, I, like I would implications. Well, I would assume I'm buying them, but I don't want them to think it's like from me or anything like that. I would just be like, there you go. So instead, I think of the deeper issue here. I'm like, why? Because Frank or Brooke does not strike me as like a real pervert. Like I, he's just lonely. Like he, he doesn't know how to react. So I give him the best gift of all. Uh, www.pornhub.com and I'm like <laughs> you could just type in whatever weird shit you want buddy and like there's no one being harmed I'm giving you the gift of near infinite amount of content for you to greatly enjoy like this is this is my <laughs> gift to you you don't have to ask people for their underwear anymore you could just type in whatever fetish that is I don't even know what you would call it 
And then I just want to imagine that I just want to imagine that Brooke uses it exclusively to like view and listen to the non-explicit content because <laughs> there is legitimately like a lot of non-sexual stuff that is put on Pornhub because you know it's a media sharing site uh-huh. so you just like oh yes this podcast where they discuss the blue-footed booby <laughs> what a funny name <laughs> how delightfully silly uh and then jim bay of course the dad of the crew always a mm-hmm. challenge to shop for your dad i got him a tie i was, <laughs> I was gonna say a hawaiian shirt because clearly he would like that i ran out of time i just got him a tie <laughs> but, but he's okay he's the dad of the crew he's happy all of his kids got fun gifts and pornography in one case all right we've got multiple other parts to this question so let's i guess keep it going oh right this um, is me sorry uh sorry you, yes two there are a few famous examples of you two uh turning around on certain jump series and while it's hard to predict what exactly will do the trick what changes do you think can be made to your respective controversially disliked series, Sakamoto Days for Nick and Mission Yozakura Family for Quinn, to change your mind on them? I don't know. Be better. Ouch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nick is ruthless when it comes to that series. I look, I'll tell you, I'll list off the thing, things that I don't really like about it. I don't care for the art style. I don't really like that kind of the unspoken joke about Sakamoto Days is just that the protagonist is just kind of fat. Like, I feel like that's kind of the joke that's inherent to it uh, is that, you know, the super cool assassin guy. Oh, he got fat and now he does super cool assassin things, but he looks silly. It's like, that's not really funny to me. Um, I would like the uh, presentation of his character to be more consistent. Like if you want him to talk, then talk. If you don't want him to not don't want him to talk, then don't have him talk. Uh, instead of this like weird half-ass thing where like sometimes he speaks in thought bubbles and sometimes he doesn't. Uh, I would like it if uh, I don't know, the characters were just generally more likable. I would like it if, you know, it's hard to me to define this if it were funnier. Like how do you, you know, like decide what's going to make something funnier because it's entirely a subjective thing so uh it's not controversial i dislike mission as a current family everyone agrees it's bad no um i really don't think that's even controversial because we covered that series for quite a while and we kind of like laid out why you don't like it yeah i I will say this uh if someone's like they they're like how you get to change it however you want to make it so you would enjoy it uh, i i would change anything because like I have simply accepted the fact that it is not a series for me. I have read a, a, a great portion of the series. The relationships don't do anything for me. I don't find anyone's emotions towards each other believable. Uh, the series goes a little too big, too frequently for me to be able to enjoy it. Um, I don't find anyone particularly like super compelling or interesting, so there's no one for me to hang my hat on. And I don't mean these as flaws of the series, uh, it's just not for me, which is fine. That happens. You know, we know people who don't like One Piece and people who don't like yeah. um, Undead Unluck and people who don't like, you know, uh, Naruto and all these sorts of things. But sometimes series. My Hero just, Academia. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of people don't like some of this because we cover like 10 series on the show. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes things just bounce off people. I think that's just this case for whatever it is. 
Uh, I don't vibe with Missionaries of Kerr family, uh, but I wouldn't want to change it because clearly a lot of people do. A lot of people love it in its current form and think it's one of the coolest things that's like running and jump. And I would I'm happy that they have that series and I wouldn't want to like deprive that from just so I could like massacre the series. So I'm, it fits more to my sensibilities or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't think I have like an exact answer there otherwise. Yeah. And I think that that's also just a thing is that sometimes not liking a thing isn't down to purely like the quality and like these are all subjective terms hmm. but to use it, it comes it may come down to not just like you know a list of things that you can point to and i feel and you feel like oh i can grade this on a scale of one to five and because you know certain categories the majority of them fall below average in terms of migrating them i don't like it it's just a matter of like i don't vibe with this yeah you know it may be part of a genre that you normally like, and you still might, might just not like it. And that's just it. That's just so. it. Uh, number three. Oh, no. You must pick one of your favorite ongoing series to have a bad ending of Food Wars proportion. If you don't make the sacrifice, all of your favorite series will have such an ending. Okay. Uh, which series do you choose, and what exactly is this ending so egregious it retroactively sours all that came before? And Ooh. I have an answer for I like it. I like that Food Wars has become the, the yardstick <laughs> that we measure bad endings by now. Yeah. Uh, not incorrect. I have an answer for this one, and this one isn't even out of the realm of possibilities. I feel like Mashal is already kind of in this spot where people aren't nearly as high on it as they were before. Uh, it couldn't do exactly what Food Wars did, where it kind of fucked over the entire sidecast, because the sidecast has been fucked over kind of most of the series. However, if the rest of the series was just a bunch of, like, serious battle chapters, like, I'm talking, like, very few jokes, if any, just serious mash fighting people, and then just ends, I feel like everybody would be like, yeah, mash will kind of shit the bed. Like, that was kind of a really big disappointment or whatever. And then nobody would, like, really want to go back to the beginning where it was, like, so fun and different and everything like that. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that wouldn't be like, oh, Food Wars level awful because, but I I, t- I could totally see like, yeah, if things go at the pace that they're on and just kind of continue that way and then it just ends and it'd be like, all right, I didn't really need to see that. So, yeah, um, I guess I'll go with My Hero Academia. <gasps> Uh, like it, it because I feel like this is a series that I've kind of had some like kind of keep it in the back like this isn't as good as I would like it to be kind of feelings but it hasn't gotten to a point yet where I'm just kind of sick of everything it's just kind of like I don't know I feel like this isn't working in order for it to get really bad it needs to basically go for what was going on during that whole spinner thing where it suddenly gets into talking about morality, but kind of like both sides in it and then just go for that, like really, really super hard. Like it gets into like really big, like moral preaching about stuff, but it's just like not matching up with like most people's sense of justice. I feel like uh, where instead of talking about like what's the right thing to do for people, it's all about like holding up the system and how the villains need to be stopped because they're breaking up the system and not, you know, acknowledging that, you know, like villains did things because they were pushed into it by, you know, growing up in a bad situation that didn't look after everyone properly. I don't think that's going to happen, given the fact that the story that's been being told has at least been aware of those things, even if it doesn't address them in the best way. 
but I think in order for me to like really turn on the series fully, it's going to basically have to go like full blue line. Uh, and uh, if that does happen, then yeah, it's going to lose me as a fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would really make things uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and question for here, since Magu may no longer be with us, uh, it's not, uh, unfortunately. Uh, create yourself a chaos god. What is your god's power? Which sea invertebrate is it based on? And how often do you ditch it to hang out with the Putaku instead? <laughs> uh, all the time. Look at my little boy. He's, oh, he's so happy. Can I just make another Putaku? No. I just, I want to, oh, it's so soft. Um... <laughs> Mine is named Kukubalayan. Uh It's the sea cucumber <laughs> chaos god. And it just makes people like disgusted with themselves whenever they come across it. Uh, because, you know, sea cucumbers are such weird, horrible things that like you look at them and they're like, why is this? But instead of that, it makes people like be really in uh introspective and negative about themselves and so they and so they just kind of go off and be like oh god i fuck i can't believe that yesterday when i was talking to mitch that i said the word rhyme when i meant to say the, the word riboflavin like <laughs> just really 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 stupid innocuous mistakes like that get blown out of proportion to go home hating themselves and that's what happens every time they come across them yeah, uh, I think you you covered what I would answer with, uh, essentially. Um, I would think, is a sea turtle like a, an invertebrate? No, no, they have a back. I don't have an answer then. Uh, I would have none. They did all the cool ones. They already did crabs. Did. I'm just going to do another crab. Fuck you. You can't fucking another. control me. I'm going to be a crab. You can do lobster. You can do lobster. I want to be a crab. I want to be a crab. Fuck you. species. There's also a species of I'll crab, kill okay. Gula if that means I get a crab, all right? <laughs> I'll fucking murder him. <laughs> uh, and actually, there still wants to be one you don't want to hang out with, Quinn. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm never going to get to hang out with Defutaku. Like, you killed my friend. Like, I wanted the crab. Everything's best with crabs. Um, I feel like Defutaku would understand. <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> And its power would be would it be something useful. I really like it's not. I feel like I just want to heckle people like Statler and Waldorf. Like I can't like my energy would be the chaos gremlin who shit stirsing, but they already have that in Aris. So I'm like, I just want like the commentary from the walls. It's just like having a shitty day. <laughs> and I snap my crab hand a lot. Also, I'm the crab. I know this is supposed to be my friend, but I just want to be the crab now. <laughs> Well, yeah, then you get to create your Chaos God and hang out with it. Yeah, oh my god, that's the best. Uh, yes, that is right. that is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Let's do uh, a couple more questions from Ota, who mm. says, Dear Nick Putaku and Unerquin. Why did I, I get like the I bad one. one? I got the I, I bad one. That one. <laughs> feel bad about that. Uh, when the five rings of skill combine, they'll summon Captain Manga, who's able to make your ideal series. What powers do the rings give, and who wields each of the five rings of skill? So an example here would be 
Mashima wears the ring of speedy output. Um, yeah. All right. So I I did this, but the way I did it is less like, I mean, it kind of even in the example, it's it's less of like a power being given to somebody and more like somebody who are, kind of already has that attribute. Right. So I, I took that and I took five people. So I have interesting world building from Oda. Sure. Uh, I have sort of uh, mechanics slash philosophy from Ashihara. Someone who cares that much about the rules of their world. And I guess also I, I do like like sort of just the, the general thought process that characters go through in that. Uh, the humor, uh, particularly in this case, dark humor, Fujimoto. Uh, that like Chainsaw Man is mid making me laugh it's so fucking funny. hard yeah. recently that I'm like, yes. Uh, this is probably my controversial pick. Uh, the distinct character designs of Shunseki from uh, Food Wars. Because I think, among all things, that is a cast of characters who all are like normal ass kids and they all generally have very distinct designs now i know shinseki when he's drawing other people's characters they are uh, that's where some issues gonna arise look a bit we start to look a bit weird <laughs> they start to all look very generic uh but i feel like in this case uh this is a, a situation where like cool aesthetics can be created um and also uh, i didn't create someone i didn't give a ring that's like no perverted shit you weirdo uh, but I'm assuming this is my universe and like uh, I have some say in it. So like he has those designs and there's female characters, but they're not like weirdly perverted or anything like that. Uh, and then finally, I have the pacing and thrills of Yushifumi Tatsuka, the undead unlock author, uh, because someone needs to rein in like especially the top two on this list of people yeah. who are like brilliant writers, please. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know how long I'm on this mortal coil. <laughs> I would like to finish this. You need to get to the fireworks factory, and uh, Undead Unlock has shown that you can just stay at the fireworks factory forever, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I like that, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna okay. say, I'm just gonna give my second to that one. Fair okay. enough. Uh, G Flugel has questions here. G Flugel Nick Quinn, no time for funny nicknames. The worst has happened. Weekly Shonen Jump exploded, and all the other manga and the recap also suddenly ended because of several scandals and tragic events. Hardened, never happened. Hardened by this catastrophe, you replace your colorful beanies and oversized lollipops with top hats and cigars. Deciding uh, what? <laughs> to no, cigars, deciding to no longer be children and rebuild WMR with new adult-oriented manga like Seinen and Josai only. On the premise of picking only four ongoing series, but all of your choices being immediately localized, how would you build the lineup for this new adult manga recap? Pick only up to four series each. So, uh, two things boy. here. Uh. <laughs> two things. So, I don't know enough, like, regularly ongoing, um, like, Seinen or Jose manga to, like, have picked four exactly. I did pick two that I know are still ongoing. Vinland um, Saga is ongoing. Yeah, so I... Right. I so here, so here, here's here's the four I have. I have Vinland Saga. I have Doro Hidoro. Uh, okay. I, I, pick, I just put an Urasawa manga 
Uh, I think he is writing something currently, but like I'm, I'm playing in this idea that this is something we're just experiencing weekly. This is like kind of magical or something like that. So like theoretically, this could be like monster that we're reading week to week or whatever. Not week to week. I don't know if it came out exactly like that, but like on our regular episode kind of thing, like that. Twentieth Century Boys, Pluto, something like that. Oh, Dora 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 ended. Okay, well it's a relatively recent ending. I think uh, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but then I was like, I need a Jose, so I searched up Jose's. There's really only one I recognize, and I was like, look, obviously, we wouldn't know going into it, but there would be a certain enchantment. And, like, we all remember the very fun and iconic moment when we discussed it, obviously, is like a recap. But there wouldn't, like, wouldn't you want to see that in real time when Nick and I discuss Usagi Drop week to week, and then, like, one week on a dime, Nick's like, what the fuck is that? After years of covering it too, <laughs> you're like, yeah, this series has been great. It's, it brings such a joy to smile. Oh, it's gonna be so week. nice to say goodbye to this. Why is she still fucking? Why the fuck her dad? What the fuck? Are we still on this point? Why is he not sending her to therapy? I think there would be some joy in that. So that's that's how I've created. I also we need to change the, the name. Adult manga recap sounds like we review that's pornography. No pornography. <laughs> I feel like I'd be more comfortable covering pornography than doing <laughs> Usagi Drop week by week. Again, you don't know that it is in an extremely <laughs> fucked up way. You just, you're like, this is so sweet. It's silly. Um, Some series that we have covered that are currently ongoing. Uh, Real by Takahiro Inoue. It's uh, a good, good one. Uh, we've, we also covered Kingdom, and I feel like that's actually a very good, like, if we were caught up and, and would cover it week by week, that would probably be, like, the most us kind of thing to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden Kamui, uh, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of already, uh, so I think that'd be a pretty easy answer as well. Um, I, can't think of, I can't think of a fourth one, though. I guess depending on your justification, maybe JoJo stuff counts as seinen now. I'm not 100 percent certain. It's changed the magazines, it but yeah. I think there was a good lineup right there. Uh, okay, that was me. You're good. Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. Uh, so next question from El Misterioso. Oh, <gasps> they're so mysterious. They could be anybody. Uh, dear Nick F. Roar of Time and Rolo Palkia? Who cares? Gen 4 stinks anyway. <laughs> uh, good news. An eccentric billionaire, huh? Gotta kill him, uh, has charged <laughs> you to create a musical based off of a manga or a manga arc. What manga or arc do you pick? And most importantly, you need a song for each of these categories for the musical based on the manga. Or manga arc, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need an intro song, the song to let everyone know what the deal is, such as in the Ma- Family Madrigal. Uh, you need the earworm slash banger. You need the ballad. And finally, you need the showstopper. Okay. Um, bonus points if you compose an actual summary. One. <laughs> Including a full orchestral performance. Did you have one prepared? No! <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, come in. <laughs> I think that I would just be like, you know what? You get to pick all the recommendations from now on. I just lose every contest. Like, I I'll never doubt that. Never doubt it. Uh, I have this one ahead as well. If you would like some time to think, 
Where do you want me to come up with music? I don't know how you to You don't have to music. write the song, I'm sure. You Look, just have to give the examples. It's, a, it's this is a bad week for me. This is a bad week for me to raise this objection of, I don't know how to make music when last week I made a parody <laughs> song. Yeah, fucking Lin-Manuel Miranda, get out there and write something. <laughs> it says bonus points if you compose an actual song. You don't have to write the whole song. You just have to give an example. So I would do on Dead Unlock. And there's like an intro song of Fuko meeting Andy. Maybe it's called like Undead and Unluck or something like that. And they sing about their problems. And it's like got like a good juxtaposition. Like hers is very like wilty and like nervous energy, very anxious. And his is loud and bombastic as they bounce back and forth. And then there's maybe like a medley in the middle. Uh, I'm sure that there is a term for that. I don't know it. I don't know it either. I'm a dumb person. I'm sorry. Uh, my earworm is Apocalypse, who's going to explain the quest. He's just like, hey, my name is Apocalypse, and I'm here to explain the quest. It's, you know, it's better than that. He has a better voice than that and all sorts of stuff. But it's like, this is like the whole world is opening up before them. And it's like, oh, my God, this world is crazy. Uh, the ballad is a ballad to spring. Uh, when all, you know it starts off with just kind of like Fuko singing it as like uh, spring starts to disappear and like spring's vanishing and all the people stop being trees anymore the rest of the cast and then they join in as kind of like this crescendo towards Aww. the end uh, and then the showstopper because this fucking musical is brutal is to a new loop the showstopper is literally the cast singing together as they protect Fuko so that she can prepare to go into the new loop. And that's where the show ends. You're like, I hope it works out. Uh, but you'd have to stay for part two, which we haven't gotten to yet. But the showstopper in that one would definitely be Void just talking about how cool he is. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is going to be a more boring answer by comparison. But fuck it. Uh, I would go with the school festival arc of My Hero Academia. Okay, that's a <laughs> because good. it's already half musical anyway, and so this will make my, my answer easier. Uh, the introductory song is like just a kind of like introduction to just like the school festival. So it's like a very long like we've got twenty people in our class, and each of them gets a single line, uh, except for you know the main characters like Deku and Jiro for this for the plot of this musical. The earworm banger is a duet by La Brava and Gentle. Ooh, they talk I like about that actually a lot. Their big their big intro where it's you know a montage of them you know fil- co- you know causing hijinks and filming them and stuff, and it's you know kind of like the like the Team Rocket kind of songs uh, mm. that you see in a lot of musicals where the Team rocket song is always the most fun um the ballad is after deku has it, uh like saved the day by you know defeating gentle so that he's protected uh, the festival and stuff but he's like got to run back so it's the big you know emotional thing of like oh, i've got to make it back in time kind of thing and then the showstopper is hero too because you don't need a different <laughs> song that one's already great <laughs> hero too you can be a true hero <laughs> True hero. I know all the words, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty close. (laughs) Uh, Excellent. I would like to see both of these uh, produced immediately. I don't know what eccentric billionaire we're getting. I hope it's not the bad one. They're all bad. uh, They're all bad. But like maybe most of them are. Yeah. Well, no, all billionaires are bad, Nick. That's a statement I'm making. Some people have briefly been billionaires and then actually given away all their money. That's the true eccentric billionaire. Nope. I have a firm point. If you were ever a billionaire at any point in time. You're my enemy now. All right. So, so, uh, so, uh, Tony Stark, 
I'm coming for you. Yeah, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Tony Stark. Your fictional dead character. <laughs> I just find a stupid little floating arc reactor on the water and just start punching it. I'm like, take this, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> Like on the sides of the leg, like what? What, <laughs> what, what are they doing? What's that crazy woman doing? <laughs> like you're leaning out of like out of like one of those pedal swan boats, <laughs> boop, 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 boop. giant boxing gloves for some reason. <laughs> so you kill someone as you wear boxing gloves. Yes. All right. Uh, question here from the ever wonderful Brawla. Uh, good day, Nick. Supportive friend number one, Freeman, and Aww. Quinn cracked rainbow egg Larius. Aw, I don't get that. That's because I'm trans. <laughs> I cracked my egg. Oh, okay. And that's why you're number one supportive friend. Because you could have been like, ah, monster, but you didn't, and I appreciate that. Okay, now it doesn't feel quite as much of an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is your favorite Vore enthusiast, I mean German ace lesbian, <laughs> who also writes quality pun, by which I mean lesbian slut. Uh, as we all do, I came to haunt you with two questions, or you might one might say, questions. I love this. This wasn't even written in October. No, What's going on? No, it was written back in May of last year. The first one is about second chances, an important issue, our own mm. character development and growth in life, and how it affects your taste in things. Like, did you plan slash play with the idea to revisit stories you previously experienced to reevaluate your opinions on it? Maybe something you didn't think much, but uh, you liked more nowadays, or something that you enjoyed as a kid slash teen slash not a smart adult, and you think it's time to judge it more harshly now. And if you did, what changed in your perception? Um, they came to this because they rewatched the Star Wars prequels. Mm, yeah, uh, which in some ways are just as bad as you remember. And in a lot of ways are actually like, you know, they're well-made films, at least. Yeah. <laughs> they they certainly uh, don't just all have Palpatine come back. He's, all, <laughs> he's in it through all of them. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, geez, that is... Oh, it's a bad movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time to get into how bad that movie is. Um, I think that uh, there are definitely some movies from when I was a kid. Because, like, I, I like rewatching, like, you know, kid movies with uh, Nicole uh, all the time. Uh, we, we love watching, like, you know, Disney movies and stuff. And there are definitely some where, you know, it occurs to you, like, okay... Yeah, this is just like a well-made movie. Like, no wonder as a kid I wanted to watch it over and over again. It's just a well-done movie, even if, like, you know, it's not one of your favorites the next time you watch it. Um, I am constantly blown away by, in particular, like, how good Beauty and the Beast is. Like, that's just a freaking magical film that it's like, how is this so good? Um, whereas, like, I think that there are definitely some movies that as a kid, you know, you watch and it's like, well, I'm a kid, so I watched it and it's like, I don't know. Maybe just because it was a Disney movie that my parents took me to see, it wasn't good. Won't name any. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah. Um, and uh, in terms of like re-examining some, uh, I will say that um, I have def. I, I actually kind of look forward to revisiting certain things that I was kind of milk toast on. 
like, for example, quite a few people, especially people who were a little bit younger than me when it came out, really like like Atlantis, the Lost Empire and Treasure Planet, you know, stuff from that era of Disney, like as it was going downhill but before it completely was just bad for about five or six years. Uh, and I know that I'm like referencing Disney a lot, but I feel like that's a really good timeline of like when I was young, I watched this. And then and then when I'm older, I still watch it kind of thing. Uh, I actually really like watching those kind of things and reexamining them after not seeing them for a while. And then just seeing like, hey, was this, you know, fun? So I know that's not really naming a specific example. If I just say that I like, doing that in general i like re-experiencing something that's you know familiar to me uh with fresh eyes even if i end up disliking it more than i used to because then you can kind of think to yourself like well why doesn't this work and you kind of understand it better because you know you can articulate it better uh yeah i i agree there's i think it's weird because there's a lot of stuff that nowadays i look back on and i'm like well that wasn't as good but i also kind of like look at it in the sense of like that's fine a lot of the content i consumed as a kid is kids media which like i kind of feel like there's like a different scale you judge it by uh not to say that like kids media shouldn't be like elevated and try to be more than what it is or anything like that but just a sense of like you know, Power Rangers, for example. I'm like, what a silly show with such silly premises and everything like that. And I'm like, you know, I just kind of accept that's what it is. And then, like, mm -hmm. there's, like, an enjoyment that still exists there. Um, and one of my favorite things just recently has been uh, revisiting movies that I watched. Like, um, more, like, in the last, like, decade slash 15 years. So not, like, kids' movies, but, like, I rewatched, uh, for example like uh don john recently a movie that i really liked in like 2015 but i was like is this movie as good as i thought it was and in many cases they weren't like i rewatched the kick-ass movies and i'm like kick-ass one's pretty good kick-ass two not so much not sure why i bought you uh warcraft why did i buy you and then i was like oh right i got free hearthstone packs when i did it uh ah. so that was understandable it was worth more than the price of what i paid for those packs um or it was less than the pass price i would have paid for those packs but a lot of it has been, like, movies I've been, like, looked at again. I'm like, these are good movies. And then, like, after rewatching them again, that's where I can have, like, the confidence to be like, you can stay in my collection. Like, I like you. I think there's definitely going to be a point in time where I'm going to re want to rewatch you again or something like that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Brala's second wonderful question is about missed chances. I admit that I am not a big fan of the Tales games from Bandai Namco, mostly because I played them pretty late and didn't grow up with them. I wish I would have played them as a kid slash teen. So, did you regret not having experienced a certain manga, story, game, series, not until later in life, and not liked as much as others, or to be part of the fandom around it? Not in the sense you were disappointed about something because it was overhyped, but more that you wished the younger version of yourself had seen it uh, and would have enjoyed this particular story at that point in your life. Wrestling. Mm, that's a good <laughs> Just answer. Wrestling in general. Um, because as it turns out, like, um, it kind of just is like an easy fit for me, um, in terms of, I really like sports narratives. Uh, and if wrestling is done well, then there is a build to a triumphant moment that a lot of times in real sports happens rarely. 
uh, because, you know, a lot of times in sports, like, well, the guy who's the underdog loses because that's why they're the underdog. Uh, or, you know, something unexpected happens where, like, you know, a player on a team gets injured. And so this run that looked like it was going to be magical and they were going to go all the way, it just all falls apart. And they just never make it. And that satisfying conclusion just never happens. And this certainly does happen in wrestling. But having the ability to, you know, plan it out ahead of time and decide this is going to be the thing that happens and we're going to try and build to that stuff can still go wrong. But it's not as prone to just random bullshit happening. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of just generate those stories that have satisfying conclusions uh, or someone can have a big dramatic downfall when normally they would just fucking keep winning because Tom Brady, uh, you know, like so. Now, hey, let's not pull away. We got the best narrative we possibly could out of Tom Brady. The man is like a, a touchdown machine, wins everything decides hey i'm not gonna hang it up i'm gonna go for one last ride fucking explodes his marriage to like a beautiful supermodel and then proceeds to just get shit stomped the rest just fucking massacred limps into the playoffs just to get shit stomped one more time (laughs) and then get kicked out that is like a greek tragedy that we never knew we deserved uh yeah um and uh but anyway, getting to the point, like there was a moment early on, fairly early on when I was dating Nicole, where I showed her this show called Robot Wars uh, that was like originally broadcast in the UK. And it's just like these home built machines and they fucking have them fight each other like re- like, you know, remote control cars that have giant buzz saws on mm-hmm. them, basically. And she saw how much I was getting into it. And she's like, and no wonder you like wrestling. And I was into Robot Wars when I was like 10. I, I so just the the idea like how did I not realize what a perfect fit my personality was to get into wrestling until I was twenty two I was graduating college when I got into it like I don't get that I I absolutely see where you're coming from though like it is one of those things uh on a weird tangential note my uh, friends and I when we were kids we really liked uh, Robot Wars as well. We started building a robot because we wanted to get Hell yeah. our robot's name, Aftermath, which is kind of a cool name, except when you think about it, you're like, wait, wouldn't that imply our robot is the one that gets destroyed if it's the aftermath of the battle? We didn't think that hard about it. We were just like, that name sounds cool. Yeah, um, it's a pretty cool name. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of them. There's a lot of stuff that like I wish I had experienced a little bit older. I wish I had experienced the Final Fantasy series before... Um, final fantasy 10 because while i love 10 and it's it's probably my favorite because it's my first i do think that like there's a part of me that's like sad that i didn't get to like play those games when i was like a younger kid with like a lot more energy and enthusiasm and then when i did start playing all the ones that kind of came out afterwards were ones i enjoyed less and less or were mmo so i've I've never finished a final fantasy and i feel like that's a franchise i would enjoy so much more if i had like played it as a kid and like really had just like a lot to hang on my head about it or whatever, you know? Um, and that's, I don't know, I feel like that's true for so many things. Star Trek is another one that I'm like, I would have probably mm-hmm. enjoyed this as a kid. I wish I had waited till I was, you know, 33 years old to start watching it. I will also say that uh, on the flip side of it, in terms of something that I wish I had not experienced till I was a little bit older, there was a Sega Genesis game that my dad had called Fantasy Star 2. Ooh. 
And I could not, for the life of me, when I tried playing it as a kid, figure out how to fucking play it. So I just kept on dying. And I feel like that kind of put me off of trying RPGs Mm. in general. Uh, Video game RPGs, I should say. I came from a D&D playing family. I've been, I've been doing tabletop RPGs since I was like eight. But in terms of doing like, you know, JRPGs, that kind of thing, I did not like really get into that until I played a little bit of Fire Emblem in college. And then I and I really have not gone back to it very much. I've played some Pokemon and that's basically it. And I feel like I could enjoy a lot of those RPG kind of games. But I just feel like I'm not really wired to it because I didn't really get into them as a kid. Uh, yeah. I never gave like stuff like Earthbound to try. Uh, you know, people talk about how like what a great game Undertale is, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't really have the patience for to play that kind of game. Uh, and it, I think that maybe if I had, you know, played a game that I could figure out how to work, maybe if Pokemon had just been my first <laughs> RPG, then maybe I would be a little bit more predisposed to trying them out. Um, but who knows? Yeah, no, I, I I can agree on that. I think uh, there's, I I consider myself fortunate. I think Pokemon was like my, my first real official RPG. I never played Fantasy Star until much later. Technically, I first Fantasy Star was Fantasy Star Online too, which was my first MMO. I think potentially I'd have to go back and check. But yeah, that definitely does color your perception. Like even to Pokemon. I couldn't figure out how to leave my house in the original Pokemon. You just had to like push down on the carpet to leave. But I thought you had to hit a button to open a door. And I kept mm. pressing. I was like, what the heck am I doing? I almost quit playing Pokemon because I was like, I can't leave my house. And I just accidentally hit down. And I was like, oh, you just push. You keep hitting the direction down. Because I'm used to like always playing like platformers where like to interact with something, you had to hit a button or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. yeah. Good questions. Right. Thank you so much, bro. Yeah, yeah. We got a question here from Carito Prime. It says, "Hello, Quinn and Rolity." Oh, it's me twice. I love it. That's that's an that's a callback. If there ever was, I've been getting more into model kits painting, and other than some random repaints, I've so far painted the original Gundam in Megazord colors, a Grunt unit in Blastoise colors, the main unit from the last main show in Voltron colors, its upgrade from pink, and its final form on Imperial Dramon colors. So now I'm looking for inspiration. What's a color scheme I should try out on a random model kit? Uh, so I'm bad with this. When I paint things, I paint them in hideous fashions. I don't have my nails painted right oh, now. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at my uh, Blood Bowl models, uh, I usually just went with whatever aesthetic kind of called to me. Uh, and on that sense, I will say if you look at warhammer model color schemes like army color schemes you can find some cool stuff there i always wanted to paint an army in the night lord color scheme which is like a very dark blue with like a lighter blue headlight like highlights and then this is the part that always kept me from doing it you you draw very you like paint very small lightning strikes across like some of the armor panels and that has like a very cool midnight blue with this like pop of lightning aesthetic. But the lightning would be so fucking hard to paint. I can't even mm-hmm. I like I like just looking at it makes me like anxious. Uh, and then also their official art is like like kind of a more purple blue like midnight blue and then like steel gray pauldrons. Like there's some cool stuff there. I think you could find. Uh, I um, whenever I would color things. Uh, when I was younger, I would just go rainbow patterns, just like <gasps> fun, Aww. fun colors. You were always an ally. 
I guess it's just like oh, fun colors: purple, red, yellow, orange. Woo! <laughs> just like, use all the colors that are in my marker box. Uh, but um, nowadays, I feel like my aesthetic is pretty easy to figure out. Uh, I like black. Uh, I like black with simple combinations to accentuate it, uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean dull. I think that you can do like, you know, if you have a really strong blue to offset the black and then like a silver in there, it's got a nice, cool aesthetic. Also, But also like if you do like red, yellow, black, that uh, makes it really pop. Yeah. Uh, Alpha Legion is also a really good one for Warhammer. That's like a teal that like will often have like purple accents and things like that. Hmm. Uh, also from Credo Prime, two questions in a row. They asked us two months apart, though. It's okay. The yeah. first season of the One Piece Netflix series has become the biggest critical and financial success since Hot Bread. I don't know what Hot Bread is, yeah. uh, but I'm excited. <laughs> and as a result, in an effort to improve the series, they have invited the two of you to appear in the series to play any one character you want. So, oh, no. So what role would you cast your co-host as? Oh, no. Ooh, that is a good one. Um... There's a second question here we'll get to. Uh, but for Nick, I thought about this. I, I I tried to put a lot of thought. So I feel like Nick is a particular kind of energy. And like... I I mean, you can say that. Uh. Yeah. Well, like, so my first thought was like, Nick would be a really good Captain Kuro from the Usopp arc. Like, the butler who's mischievous. Yeah, he would yeah. never, he would never mix it up. But I was like, it's the first season, so they've already gotten through him. So I had to think, who's someone else that could be on that level? And I, I came to the realization of Iceberg from the Water 7 arc, who is sort of like a very significant but subdued character. Uh, and I feel like you would enjoy having that role where you don't have to be like an over-the-top character, but you get to be surrounded by it. I do not even remember anything he did. He he's the one who repaired the Going Mary so he could make it back to Enos Lobby oh, and save okay. the crew. He's, right. He was he was like the shipwright who would become like a businessman, and he repairs the ship as one last kind of act. And he's like the mayor. So I just so I just kind of get to be there with the straw hats and just kind of like all right. <laughs> Iceberg, Iceberg's a very <laughs> cool character. You just you just don't have to be like super silly. Like I feel like you wouldn't want to wouldn't like, want to compete with wouldn't want to compete with that energy. No. Like I'm. It might be fun every now and then, but it'd be like, God, I've got to do take it for take. You can do it in the exhausted. You can have all the bloops you want, but like when the finished product's on screen, you get to just be natural Nick level energy. Yeah, sweet. I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, God. You know what? You know what Carito's done here? Mm hmm. They've made Nick take a name the One Piece character challenge. (laughs) oh god you know i feel like i almost would want you to play as um oh god i've forgotten her name hang on a second uh uh uh, uh kureha oh the doctor Uh, yeah because she's pretty badass (sighs) she is very badass yeah, but uh, the problem is that I've already seen an ideal casting choice for her. Yeah, it's Jamie uh, Lee Curtis. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like I like, I like, I like, I I would I think that Quinn would be great, but I 
want to live in a world where that just happens. So, so that's why I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody you can't think of one person I'd be good for. No, I could think of a couple, but I don't know. Um, I also don't, I also, I don't know. You gave me a really just like one to match my energy. And I don't know uh, if I've, I don't know if I can make a pick that's like matches that same level of just like consideration. You know, <laughs> what, who would I play in the, my hero live action universe? Then that's your wheelhouse. Oh, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> this is <laughs> not based on anything except just the energy present Mike. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it. Just scream all the time. <laughs> Let's go! Just burn out my voice immediately. Also, present Mike has all of the whenever like uh, a quirk is introduced, he has all of the like Pokedex entry <laughs> lines essentially. In the oh yeah, <laughs> he turns into lightning. <laughs> essentially, yes. I just imagine you coming in and be like, "Oh, this this fucking my dude just turns into into a into like paper and goes inside your body. It's wild." <laughs> My dude, I keep calling them my dudes. <laughs> None. It's like President Mike's always, always like you know, number five hero headshot. Quirk is you know always very like formal, despite the energy. You're just like, I don't fucking know who this guy is, but here's what his power does. Okay. Karito <laughs> uh, Prime has a second part of the question. Is also each of you oh. can cast one member of the Discord to appear in the series, uh, the season after your debut. Who would you choose and as what character? And this is clearly fishing, so I'll pick Karito yeah. Prime, and you could be Sabo, who probably gets to hang out with all the cute boys. He doesn't do that, but if I were to write fan fiction or to draw fan art, he would be Sabo kissing pretty boys, because I feel like that's what he's there for. But because we're not here to solely stroke your ego, I'll also take Brawla and make sure she's on the island. She's one of Boa Hancock sisters, so she gets to be surrounded by beautiful women at all times, which I think she would enjoy because she belongs with them. So there you go. I've got two answers for you, you weird little perverts. I uh, I can't think of a better answer than that, so I'm just going to abstain. There you go. Uh, oh, it's yours. Go ahead. Yeah, it's from Oda. Dear Nixtafer Robin and Quinny the Pooh. I love Quinny the Pooh. Can I just make That's that so my good. name? I just want to be really nice. I just really want to be Quinny the Pooh now. That's cute. Yeah. That's adorable. Uh, yeah, you can put on a bear mask and oh. kill teenagers in the woods now. Oh my god, yes. My dreams are all coming true. Uh, number one. Which hit manga? do you think would have absolutely flopped if it came out now? And which flop do you think would have become a classic if it came out earlier? Say around the early 2000s. Um, that's a good okay. question. I feel like there's a lot that would flop if it came out today just because sensibilities are so different than yes. they used to be. Um, like You couldn't just put out fucking Saint Seiya now and everyone would rat latch onto it the same way or whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, that's that's difficult to say just because of a matter of like, you know, it's kind of a genre defining 
kind of series. Yeah. So then, yeah. But um, but like even uh, if you were to say like what's a series that maybe wouldn't have succeeded in a different time, like maybe even something like Toriko, maybe I don't know. Possibly, I'll go ahead and say it. I show twenty one. Yeah. Um, I don't think that people have the same level of patience, uh, or at least the magazine doesn't have as when as in the earlier as of the early 2000s. Uh, and I think that sports series right now are having a really hard time catching on with people. So I think that a sports series where they don't fucking start playing football until like chapter six uh, would have a really hard time getting some traction. Uh, and honestly, like the best parts of iShield 21 don't happen until like more than a year into its publication. Like, I don't think that series really finds its groove until they go to America. And that's yeah. a long that's way a into long the series. Time, yeah. yeah. So the Kanto I, Bowl and all that. No, that's not the Kanto Bowl. The Kanto tournament. Yeah. the I mean, the that tournament where they start is when they started it. And then by the time, I mean, it, it reaches its prime when they're in that final eight. Uh, but yeah. it starts to really pick up. Hell, he doesn't have the devil back ghost until like chapter 100 or something like that. Uh, like when you think about like how long the series was actually running, like I think that there's a lot of stuff to be enjoyed in it. But in terms of like the big thing that draws people in. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's. It just takes too long to get started. No, I can absolutely see that. I think there's a lot of merit to that. Um, yeah, I'll go with that. In terms of a more recent series that has flopped, if it like instead debuted in like the early 2000s, would it have caught on? Uh, that's that's also really hard to measure. Like, how do you determine like? Well, what? it's it's hard to determine. I think in reverse. I think opinion. it's right. I think it's easier, I guess, to say like what canceled series really had a lot of like two thousand sensibilities to it, and that's where mm. you can get stuff like, you know, would Tokyo Shinobi Squad have done better when a lot of like the issues with it were like, well, oh, this feels dated. Like this, this is a lot of like weird opinions. <laughs> you know, would uh, Phantom Seer, which was just kind of like a dark kind of like uh edgy ish sort of series would that have fared better when people like there to be like a little gothic energy and stuff like that in their manga like i think those are series that like have potentially more uh staying power and maybe a different era slightly actually you know what i think that would have probably had a better chance uh red hood uh because you know it's got that like uh kind of style i think and, um, you know, I, I think it could very easily have been like kind of a more of a D gray man back in that time, kind of day. Yeah. Uh, stuck around a bit longer. Yeah, I, I think so. <sighs> All right. Uh, Dear Quinn F time. Oh, no. Oda pulled a bait and switch and one piece randomly cuts back to Wano and we have Wano arc acts four and five. What will these two acts be and how many hundred chapters long will it be? I don't know. I, I, that's, that's when I, I delete my biz account. I'm like, I'm done. No more. I've given all I can to this, to this medium and this profession, but, uh, a sober, uh, discussion of gender and, uh, all the fanboys melt because they can't take it. Might be difficult. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. I hate you, Lucas. You're wonderful, but oh my god! Like I, my immediate thought is like, what would it be? And I'm like, I don't know. I am on a boat sailing away from my computer. 
if we come back to Wanda. I'm just like, it's been fun. Goodbye. All right. Uh, I got a question here that I think is appropriate that I read off uh, okay. from Zelihan, which is, hello, Quinn and Nick, too. But this question is less for him. My wife and I have a burning question that needs answering. What subject does slash would Professor Peanuts teach? So he is uh, a scholar of great many professions, a road <laughs> scholar, if you will. He is a professor of geometry because he often will find how I'm sitting and contort his body to perfectly fit along how my arm is. So okay, he definitely understands good. angles. He's a professor of psychology because when he wants me to do things, he has the exact energy to pick out the one thing in the room that I do not want him to fuck with. And then he will begin <laughs> to fuck with it. So he ensures that I get up. Uh, and then uh, he's also like a professor of like romantic studies because he does this adorable mm. thing. Sometimes he'll like walk up to me and he'll just push his forehead like into my chest and just kind of rest there for a little bit. And I'm like, this yeah. is, and then I just like, I need to hug you now. You're, this is the cutest fucking thing in the goddamn world. Uh, and then also like, I, he teaches uh, like astrophysicists because he's the fucking best cat in the world. He's so smart. Fuck okay, all of okay. you. Yeah. I don't have any more <laughs> like cute things to say about him. Just he's the best cat. You can't see him. He's sleeping behind the uh, veto in the bank right now. Uh, and he rules. Yeah, lurking ominously, despite the fact that I don't think you're currently entitled to any anything in it, but it's just it's just there to remind me of my past failings. It's, so. it's mostly to keep Nanami up because he'll fall down otherwise. Ah, okay. Um but he is there and Professor Peanuts uh, may wake from his slumber and demand attention. Even today he he does it, so uh he is not to be trifled with. Gotcha. Uh question here from kaniku fan hello nick and also quinn and especially to putaku question what makes a battle manga truly memorable over the years various series have been covered that had fights with cool powers emotional stakes narrative weight fun use of the rules and power sets or just plain awesome action sequences so what do you feel makes the best fights truly memorable in a sea of dudes punching each other uh i think that that depends on the person that you're asking uh like i'm not as confident in how i would answer this as i would have been about 10 years ago when i kind of felt like i just kind of had like all the formulas kind of figured out but the thing about it is that not only has my have i changed my you know my uh, point of view has changed but also i think that we're in a certain way the goalposts have been moved a bit uh, where because there is more of the thing uh, and or at least in some people's eyes there in some people's eyes there's more of the thing uh, then people are kind of like constantly trying to figure out how to do that uh, which in a lot of cases is kind of reinventing it in some form or another in some cases it just means kind of repeating the same sort of pattern uh, and as has been previously established. So, but the real answer is just, it changes for every single instance that it is done. And in every single instance that it is done, different things work about it for different people. Uh, there are sometimes consistencies in that, which are just like, 
do you successfully make people care about what is going to be the result of the cool thing that happens? Uh, and when the thing happens, does it successfully look slash feel cool? Uh, and those are incredibly subjective terms because this is an incredibly subjective topic. How do you, how, what makes a thing exciting is it's not even a matter of like quality. It's just a matter of like, does it evoke the emotions you want it to? Uh, and for me, the characters come first. Uh, so I need to have the context of the big cool shonen fight scene, uh, have characters that I have connected to in some form or, or another. So then when they get into the big action scene, I care whether someone wins or someone loses. It definitely helps if the art is good when the big cool explosion of punches happens, though. I will admit that. Uh, I, I think you have great points there. One thing I will say for myself is location is a very important factor in fights. Uh, I think very frequently about One Piece's sort of expertise in this uh, especially like pro like pre-time skip when you think of like alabasta and every fight took place in alabasta uh which is just like a sandy city but every fight took place in like a different location and those kind of played into it you know like miss merry christmas and mr five's fight took place in like an open wide open desert so there was a lot of like digging through holes and things like that sanji and mr two's fight happened in the middle of a city so they were like punching each other into buildings Nami's fight against Miss Doublefinger took place in the alleyway, so there was a lot of like ducking and weaving as Nami is trying to just survive everything like that. Uh, you know, Luffy had three different fights at like a casino on top of a roof, and then like at the bottom of a building, like in the ruins. Like all these are like very aesthetically different. They create like a separation, but also like add elements that can change a fight. Uh, it's not something he's perfect at because I could think of like several fights in the Wano arc that are just like yeah in a room in in the dome but they were just there yeah but like even like zoro's fight at least took place near an edge so aesthetically there's something different sanji's was like in a long hallway there's something like that uh but like for contrast to that and these were good fights but think back to uh black clover's recent fights against like the three uh demon generals or whatever their names were every fight took place in like a featureless room and that's sometimes just where things happen um and like it's fine, like all you know, some of this like I, I think the fight with Magna and Dante was awesome, but like oftentimes I think like ah, I wish there was like aesthetically something I could connect to this fight, as opposed to just a blank room. And you know that's not like this is not an infallible thing. You know, Dragon Ball Z rules and ninety nine percent of its fights take place in like random rocky field number twelve or whatever. Uh, but it is something I think about a lot that can really add a lot. Like World Trigger does a lot too, where like a fight might take place in multiple different areas in the same like building complex or something like that. And that, mm -hmm. that adds a lot. <laughs> Counterpoint. You can just set all fights for like two years in, you know, like among some random buildings and it works just fine. That I guess that that's true yeah you know you can just have like you know all the shinigami for take on all the grandis you know and then and then like the espada fight the captains and it's just surrounded by buildings and a black sky and 
and they fight Aizen. It's just like all them fighting Aizen, and there's just buildings in the black sky, and it's great. It's great. You don't need to change the it's location. It's compelling. At all. It's amazing. You know. And then, oh, here's the the kicker: they do change location because they go through a tunnel to the real Karkura town, and they're <gasps> surrounded by buildings. Oh damn! <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you think, like, wow, this is the real Karkura town. Like, I'm gonna iconically remember <laughs> so this. Different. All, so different. I'm <laughs> glad they're finding all my my favorite Karkura town locations. Like near these buildings and <laughs> i think don't don't they eventually like <laughs> find like, a wasteland didn't one of the most iconic like Karkur town locations not get introduced until like the next arc after that because there was like one other place that they could go to that wasn't just ichigo's house or urahara's shop but there was also the unagi place and that was like the other place i mean there was a playground they fought at at least or their stupid school or something like that for like hollow fights or whatever i yeah that is true that did happen but uh didn't like the final fight eventually take place in like some desert shit again yeah it did uh okay <laughs> so like that's what i'm saying give it give it give it off of that point. um okay uh where are we here oh this is from lunmon yes. mayasha yes um, hello nickel freeman and quarterlarius Ooh, i'm the more expensive one yeah you're worth five of me yeah. thank you oh i'm not we're both equal i'll trade my quarter for your nickel in a heartbeat with kodansha Deal. uh <laughs> damn <laughs> discontinuing scene <laughs> the simul pub of Eden Zero, at least temporarily. Have you thought about exploring other options for non-jump slash MP uh, simul pubs? Yen Press and Azuki both offer simul pubs that'll be worth evaluating. For the recap, I especially recommend God bless the mistake in a manga about a teacher and her student who research glitches that affect the real world, which is offered by Yen. And my dear detective, Mitsuku's case files, a manga about a female detectives in 1930s Japan, which is on Azuki. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a level of sort of like researching these things to see if we can find something that might be interesting through one of these other various sure. distributors. Yeah. Um, and then in which case I think that might be absolutely something we add. Uh, I, it's difficult to say like just straight add though. Cause it's not like we're reading something that we're like, Oh dude, it's like fucking, you know, Boruto or, you know, uh, Ichigo two or whatever. You're just like, we'll just add the bleach series sequel to a recap. This is like, we had to add something into it that we'd have, We'd be going into blind, so it's almost there's like this weird level of being like we had to have some four level of knowledge. So are these things we're going to be taking as recommendations first and then picking, or you know, it, it's just one of those things I have to think about beyond just like, like abruptly saying like, all right, everybody, we're reading uh, detect Dear Detective Mitsuki's case files, like which is probably fine, but like it might be weird for some people who are like, what is it? <laughs> and we still have to read it first to know like what we're eventually getting into when it's you. Know, Publish weekly or whatever, and we're following. Mm -hmm. This is a long yeah. way of saying we're going to, I think, have to like just think about how we execute it. Uh, we appreciate the suggestions, uh, but um, yeah, no answers yet. <laughs> basically, uh, we also have another question from Lumaram Yasha <gasps> who says. You've landed in a strange world where Shonen Jump comes out Tuesdays and Shonen Sunday actually comes out on Sundays. This seemingly minor switch of release days for those magazines had a butterfly effect that radically altered history. So much so that Shonen Sunday is the more globally popular and recognized brand and all of its series are being simulpubbed instead of all of Shonen Jumps. So Weekly Mag Recap covers exclusively Shonen Sunday series. 
In this bizarro world, what currently running Shonen Sunday series would you be covering every week in the recap, just based on the title or synopsis, since I have a feeling you guys aren't familiar with most of them. Uh, so Shonen let me, Sunday. Yeah. Let, me, let me look up what we got up. going on here. Uh, are these the current ones? I think I'm reading it wrong. God, there's a lot of them. <laughs> Am I reading the right ones? I don't see I, Eden I, Zero I, on here. Is that not Shonen Sunday? Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at Weekly Shonen Sunday. Yeah, they're different, aren't they? I thought there was something different. I don't hmm. know. Maybe not. Anyways, uh, all right. I'm just gonna go off of Weekly Shonen Sunday, which I don't know if is exactly the same. Uh, a Weekly Shonen Magazine is okay. So we do have the right one. Uh, I'm looking through this. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna already find someone I don't know. Comi, uh, Comi can't communicate. Love it. Yep, already read definitely it. Definitely do that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Call of the Night, from what I've seen, is like a battle manga with vampires. Uh, so I feel like that would just be in the wheelhouse. So like, let's just cover it. Um, and then, uh, Fly Me to the Moon is like a weird romance slice of life that. For what I understand, it's a little bit more wild as it goes along. Uh, I've read a couple volumes of it. Uh, that one, sure, just throw it in there. So, I feel like we would have probably ended up doing Case Closed as kind of in place oh of like God. you know One Piece or something like that. <laughs> that yeah, is our One like, Piece. Yeah, that would be that would be the thing that would be like this is never going to end. Except in this case, it is never going to end. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um. Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and funny. yeah, we're gonna definitely uh, cover Shibuya and your family because like it just sounds like. Look at it. I, I'm hovering over it on Wikipedia. There's a little girl getting ready for the school bus. I'm sure it's great. It's probably cute and innocent, right? Mm-hmm. All Love her that. after all of her family dies. Oh, Nick, I picked the wrong series. Uh, we're we're beholden to it. Alternate reality us has to read it now. That is true. I'm so sorry, alternate reality us. I I also hear good things about. Uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Mao or Mayo. Uh, yeah, but that is a series uh, that I have heard very good things about, written by Takahashi. Well, uh, yeah, Rumiko Takahashi. So yeah, yeah. I feel like we would have. I feel like we would have ended up reading that purely by her reputation alone, if nothing else. Yes. Uh, if it were, if it were like you know already in the magazine that we were reading, so that's probably a strong candidate for that. And then, yeah. sorry, I, 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 I think the reason I thought there was Eden Zero is because there's part of the question about it, right? Uh, yeah, uh, if the question is still too hard, try the same idea, but with Weekly Shonen Magazine instead, with the added bonus that since Eden Zero is already a magazine series, you can substitute it for one Shonen Jump series. So if you could cover only one Jump series on the recap, which one would it be? That's rough. Um, yeah, that's tough, yeah. If it's me, I'm picking on Dead Unlock. Like, part of me is like, mm. I'd want to cover One Piece, but I'm like, I already have this fucking monolith of gates closed and... God knows if that's ever ending or whatever. So, um, realist, realistically speaking, we uh, like if we're talking about like the series that kind of ex that is kind of like beyond the magazine in terms of like how popular it is, then we would probably still cover One Piece in that case, yeah. just as like you know, because we cover Fairy Tale and then Eaton Zero because that's the big mega popular series out of Weekly Shonen Magazine, uh, in terms of like you know, international uh, recognition. Uh, in terms of stuff that we would cover from Weekly Shonen Magazine, 
uh, we would talk about Hajime no Ippo because I already occasionally go and catch up on that and try and read it. Uh, Bakimono Gatari uh, is already a pretty big popular series, so if it were like that level of huge, we would probably talk about it. Oh, wow, I hear Nosaurus still running? Jesus, I didn't know that. <laughs> I remember checking that out a long-ass time ago. Uh, and we probably hate Reed Rent-A-Girlfriend. Yes, absolutely. That was one I even uh, that was one that got quite a lot of votes when we did the uh, recommendation poll. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Blue Lock. We would probably read Blue Lock. So. Ah, oh, that'd be wild. What a world. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we have a couple here left. Ninja also sent a big email that is like the game where mm-hmm. we have to guess the spoilers so you 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 picked it do we just want to fish question here do we want to, we want to do ninja's game we can do we can do ninja's game okay. uh so we've got like uh two more quick questions from Gelyelson and and zanbe here and then we'll do the game you think sure here, go for it okay yeah so from uh from oh you i think it's whatever i'll do it Gelyelson. Recently, I've been feeling nostalgic for Cartoon Network and Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. I fucking loved Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. Golden era. Cartoon uh, Cartoon. And how much fun I had seeing all those commercials and in-betweens where the cartoon characters interact with each other outside their shows. Yeah, you know, when Cartoon Network cared. Uh, I've been thinking of something similar with Shonen Jump and all the characters that have appeared over the many years. Which characters or groups of characters would you love to see interact? So just like in like small snippets yeah. where they just have like little bitty conversations. There's so many you could do and I'll be honest if it's my sensibilities from when I was a kid watching Cartoon Cartoon Fridays. I just I don't care. Just show me all them characters interacting. That was the coolest. But you could do a ton of stuff. Like you get all the characters who are like big giant eaters and you get them together and have them go wild and like a buffet or something like that. And then you get like, unfortunately, as I've mentioned on quite a few podcasts recently, the the creepy older brothers who are uh, just all gathered together and talking, like arguing about which uh, which one of them have the best best little sister. <laughs> God. Uh, and just I don't know, just uh, <coughs> just like weird little nuggets like that. Just like you find the characters who kind of fit together, or like the ones who are just like diametrically opposed and like absolutely. Put them. Oh, Dresser Peanuts, I saw him. He just turned around. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got up and then he went back down yeah. because he decided he wasn't comfortable with the way he was lying down and needed to change it. And now he's fine again. And he is right. He's right. <laughs> he's always right. It's the crazy thing. As is his right. Carry yeah, on. I feel like it would be. I, I do think it would be kind of fun to see, like, even just like that. The really interesting thing about those cartoon work in betweens was like how seemingly totally unrelated characters that you could not imagine being together having them bounce off of each other would lead to really weird and memorable interactions uh so like for example one of the like self-promoting commercials that they did that is stuck in my mind forever is one where droopy the dog is driving a convertible around with shaggy as his passenger and they're doing a version of the Royale with cheese thing from Pulp Fiction. It's so weird. A reference no child understood except that it was in Pulp Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
It's such a weird thing. Or like the bit where uh, Fred Flintstones got chicken from cow and chicken and Thundar the Barbarian in his car and because they're carpooling and they're trying to find a parking spot. <laughs> like, What was the point of it? It's just a bunch of unrelated characters trying to find a parking spot. Um, so I think I, I can imagine like, you know, Denji would be great to see interacting off of almost anybody from all of Shonen Jump because he's just got that weird loser energy to him. Uh, where he can be, you know, morose one minute or and manic the next, uh, and you know, like have have Denji interact with like any One Piece character and have him just be befuddled by it, yeah. or or like make really strangely good friends with with any character who's a weird a weirdo from any series. It'd be really, it could be fun to see. Yeah. Just in, but again, in the perfect amount, which is just a thirty second interaction, and then they never see each other again. Yes. All right, uh, and then we have the last one here from Zanbei87. Dear Quinn and Nick, after re-listening to your older podcast while doing my workout in last year's, I got to ask, do you still like Pop-Tarts and Honey Mustard? Uh, my answer is slightly more complex than you might think. <laughs> I still love brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts. I can't eat them as much as I used to. <laughs> it's pure sugar like yes. i can't so um i don't eat them as often as i used to like it's not even like a matter of like i'm more health conscious now it's just my body lets me know you can't eat this <laughs> as much my anymore like, stop you need to not eat this every day and every time that you do eat it i'm gonna make you feel at least a little bit better <laughs> so i don't eat them as much as i used to i still love the taste uh but they're very much like I, I might eat them like once a week nowadays when I used to, when when I was like even college age, I would eat them for breakfast. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, but that's like that's when your metabolism is just like throw yeah. it in there, dog. Let's get the let's get that fuel going. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I understand that. I, I still love honey mustard. I don't use it in exactly the same way I used to, um, but I probably am moving back in a direction where i am going to be using it that way again but i still like if you give me an, an option for like hey i'm gonna get like chicken uh, somewhere and they're like do you want dipping sauce i'm like do you have honey mustard <laughs> like is that an option every time Hell i go yeah every time i go to sheets and i'm like uh like we're gonna go to big drive to my dad's place i'm like all right let me get my let me make my sheet sandwich and they get to that part to like would you like a sauce and i'm like i would honey mustard please click <laughs> And then I just regret my decisions afterwards. Uh, and I'm okay with that. So I, I do still enjoy Hannah Mustard. It's, it's the best. Hell yeah. All right. That is it for traditional questions. Yes. Let's do this quiz. Yes. And humiliate Nick. That's both of us. So uh, hello, Nick and Quinn. Ninja X3 are here with round three of WR Recommend Spoiler Quiz. This will have to be the final one of these spoiler quizzes, though, as I am pretty much completely dry of moments to use after this. And even some of the ones here are ones I had to look into to have knowledge of myself. So any potential inaccuracies can be chalked up to that. Uh, okay. So, not every series WR was covered has been a complete series at the time being recommended, as it should be. Uh, because of this, some things happen after the manga, after we stopped reading it, and some of those things have been interesting. Below is a list of moments and or plot twists slash developments that I found to be, quote, interesting about series that have been covered on the recap. The questions I have for you regarding these are spoilered as followed. Um, so, 
Reading only the spoiler, not the answer, would you be able to guess what series each spoiler is from? You don't have to actively guess the series, but for each one, you could just say no if you would not have been able to guess, and yes if you could figure out what series it was before checking the answer or have already known from reading it. Mm -hmm. So then uh, we will go back to these afterwards then. So uh, there will be a hint that may or may not guide you to the right answer, and also the context for the spoiler, which you can optionally read if you so desire to state your curiosity. So spoiler one here, the series introduced an antagonist who plans to make a group of people similar to the protagonist special, uh, sorry, similar people to the protagonist via a special ritual who inflicts violence upon and or kills his failures slash subordinates who bring said failures. This almost sounds like ZOM 100, but I think that the ritual uh, aspect of it is uh, disqualifying that because mm. we've discussed a couple of times the uh, guy who <laughs> who has the evil bucket list. <laughs> yes, the evil bucket list user. Um, but I think that's also disqualified because that was a moment when we read it, too. Yes. Uh my first thought was like, this sounds like something that could have happened in Attack on Titan, but I know we already did an Attack on Titan thing last puzzle quiz. So I don't think it's anything like that. Yeah, and also similar to the group, so I don't think that, that works either. So. I so I will say no, I don't think I could guess this one, but I do have a guess in mind, and I okay. want to say uh, Black Butler. I could definitely see that. Yeah, special ritual, sure. Um, okay, uh, shall we look at the hint? Yes, too? would you like the hint? Okay. It, yes. This ritual involves a real-world folk legend that also features predominant or prominently in another series you have covered as a recommendation. That series would have made a lot more sense to have this kind of character in it than the correct answer. Now, I don't, huh. now I'm very confused. This involves a real-world folk legend who also features prominently in another series you've covered as a recommendation. In that series, it would have made more sense to have this kind of character in it than the correct answer. So that indicates, I guess, that the series where this happens in, it's kind of weird that there's a ritualistic thing happening. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay. I did. I'm saying no. I did not. Although I am guessing Black Butler. I've seen the answer. I'm glad I picked no. Kingon Ashra. I don't know. Uh, the answer is the Shiori Experience, and the other series oh, being wow. referred to was Me and the Devil Blues. So I'm very curious. I thought Shiori Experience was over when we covered it. Maybe not. <laughs> a character known only as The Boss is introduced, who has been controlling the American music industry from the shadows for years and has been trying to use the Crossroads ritual to make a super band consistent of people like Shiori and Jimi Hendrix, with the only success being a man named Ford Mustang who is possessed <laughs> by Kurt Cobain. Fuck me. What? Jesus. <laughs> First off, how dare you make me remember the Shiori experience? <laughs> I was happy with just like that being a thing we had read and I forgot about. <laughs> that is a great example, though. I would not. That is kind of no, awesome. No, 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 and no. it's so wild thought. Uh, it's like oh, what? OK. And OK. Sorry. Spoiler two. Uh, I, I've got this pulled up, too. Okay. I can, we okay. can trade off. Good, on this. Good, good, good. All right. Uh, spoiler two. A love triangle between the series 
most prominent pair of supporting characters, a guy and a girl, and the guy's rival is finally resolved with the guy rejecting the girl's confession and thus beginning a committed relationship with the rival. Hmm. Hmm. I'm supporting characters involving guy and a girl and the guy's rival. Prominent pair of supporting characters. I I, I, I do not have a guess right now because I, I feel like there's a lot of ways I can go with that. Blue Exorcist. <laughs> uh, if I say it really confidently. <laughs> I, I, I have no guess as of the current moment. I, I would need the hint. All right. The hint is... The fan base was frozen in shock that the girl was not the apple of his eye. That's fucking with me, because when I say frozen, I'm like, was it freezing or whatever? But then the apple thing makes me think fucking air gear, uh, just because apples were such a stupid part of that <laughs> <They> series. <laughs> um, frozen in apple. I, I'm going to say again, I know I do not know the answer to this one. Uh, I'm going to say freezing. I don't think that's the correct answer um because i don't even think there was a prominent supporting other guy in that series it was just no, that dude wasn't was. it i'm like all right. that would yeah that would require uh, someone potentially more interesting than the lead to show up um the answer is oh wait hold on, wait uh, i want i want to give one last guess um i'm gonna say uh kaguya-sama uh, so the answer is Snow White with the red hair. Aww. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, uh, I don't remember supporting characters from that <laughs> series, no, unfortunately. That is a series I do want to read at some point again. Um, but... uh, Prince Zen's female bodyguard Kiki, having originally become a knight to avoid an arranged marriage by her noble family, used the opportunity of being pestered about it again to confess her feelings for Zen's male bodyguard, Mitsuhide. However, Mitsuhide rejects her twice because he has fully dedicated himself to serving Zen and considers that he will never marry due to having never experienced romantic feelings. Kiki then reconsiders and accepts an arranged marriage proposal to Mitsuhide's rival Hisame, who had been the one that she was originally supposed to be arranged with when they were younger interesting all right uh number three here these two series have a reveal that changes the relationship between the female lead and another female major or major female character series one reveals that they are more closely related than expected while series two reveals they aren't quite as closely related as they thought what Ooh. is this that what was this that one ghibli film like yeah uh, we have to guess one where uh, the main female lead and another major character were apparently related. And then the other one is one where they're not. Um, okay. I don't have an answer. I'm going to wait and see the clue, see if that gets me. An oh, answer. okay. So the two have a reveal, the changed relationship. But in one series, it reveals they're more closely related than expected. And the second series, they're not as closely related as expected. Okay, so they're two separate series that go in opposite directions with this reveal that changes the relationship between them. Okay. Uh, hint, there is a supernatural element to both female leads. Also, both male leads end up being the same type of supernatural creature as well. 
Sometimes these vagaries make the make the question more just more more challenging. Maybe sometimes <laughs> yeah. like, I was gonna it's guess. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> I was gonna guess skip skip beat before, but now we're talking about mythical creatures, and I'm like, well, it's not skip beat unless skip beat got a lot more wild. Than I um, jeez. Uh, I guess I'll go again. Like Black Butler. <laughs> Come on. I don't remember if there was a female character in that series. There might actually that that might be the answer to one of them. All right, let's go uh, Black Butler. Um and I will guess for the other one, Dorothy of Oz. Why not? I don't know. Oh my god. The answers are The answers are Bloodlad and Rosario Vampire. Bloodlad. I don't even What the fuck was Bloodlad? I don't remember it. Bloodlad, the female lead Fumi and her romantic rival Belle are revealed to be technically half-sisters because their mothers were doppelgangers of each other who accidentally met and fused together. That's my right? Uh, Rosario and Vampire. It's revealed that inner Mocha, the personality that was sealed inside Mocha's rosary, is the real Mocha. And outer Mocha was an artificial persona created by the rosary based on the personality of Mocha's mother, Akasha. This is somewhat suburb by the end of the series in that OM does become enough a part of Mocha's soul that when the rosary breaks through and they merge together. It's an... <sighs> I get okay. it. I've, uh, I've, I've watched someone play through Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I get it. All right. They're both there at the end. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler four. This series resolves a situation with an origin. Oh my god. Uh, Black <laughs> Butler, let's go. It's gotta be one of them. Vinland Saga. Fuck, it could be Vinland Saga. Hints, try to think of the series whose premise would be the worst possible answer. No! <laughs> no! Oh no, I hate this. Oh, no. I hate this. I don't want to think oh, of this. no. Um... Oh no! I'm hoping it's not one of the one about like children. That's all I want. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my god! I just I'm gonna go with Black Butler. I, it's not the correct answer based off that hint, but I don't, I don't want to <laughs> think of what the correct answer is. Oh god! Could it be prison school, or is that also is that not bad enough for god. it to be the answer to it? God. Uh, all right, the answer is. Umi no Misaki. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. That, you I, know I, what? I mean, I shouldn't say it that's, like, all right, but that series sucked. So who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, like, you say that, but it's like, no, I could see that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the context is uh, <laughs> Naki chooses to be with all three of the maidens. Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> with the help of an aphrodisiac has an orgy with them. It's also known that it was never clearly stated that the dragon god could only give a spirit to one girl, so this still fills the island's legend. I mean, Fuck come on, that's that. just like... You just say that, it's like, that's not the worst series it could have been. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that series is garbage, yes, yes, but like, honestly, I was kind of half expecting the whole time that would be how everything would evolve. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, spoiler 5, a key detail of the final protagonist's past is revealed to be false. One of their parents, who was thought to be dead, was in fact alive and just a deadbeat. Making their view of their other parent false, which thus undermined their stated what stated uh, what started their life as a villain. This actually rings a bell. I can't remember what for, but I feel like I have read this point. I, I might just be completely mistaken, though. Um, 
but I, I, I can't name it uh, based off of that. I, 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 I'm just saying it rings a bell. Uh, so I don't know. The hint says said antagonist past is strongly related to the protagonist relationship to a f- to the female lead in a primal sense. Um, it's rough. I feel like I might have a better guess if I like looked over all of our recommendations. Uh, that almost sounds like Attack on Titan, honestly. <laughs> man, we can't keep. We can't keep. You know, fuck it. Black Butler down the down the line. It's got to be one of them. Wasn't that what I said about plus anima? Maybe it's plus anima. I'm going to switch plus anima. Oh, wait, I remember this now. This is the plot of the third arc of Beastars. Um, You're right. I'm looking at the answer right now. Yeah, the uh, there's like a like a half breed uh, gazelle leopard guy or something along those lines. Uh and like it's supposed to he's supposed to be tied to legacy who's also as it turns out a hybrid because legacy is like a quarter gila monster i want to say you know the liz the, the the lizard that has like the acidic uh drool mm-hmm. uh and also it's related to like can legacy uh you know be together with haru because you know they're a predator and prey animal they're an herbivore and a carnivore uh, whereas then this character is kind of like an indication of like the horrible thing that can happen. And it turns out they're like, you know, not really. So uh-huh. it's, yeah, there's more to it than that. Uh, yeah. Melon, that's his name. There, there it is. So. All right. Uh, okay. Spoiler six, a major antagonist backstory reveals that they were sold into being a male prostitute as a child for a fat, rich guy. Black Butler. It's got to be one of them. Uh, hint: said character works for an empire. You know um, what? Fuck it. It's got to be one. It's probably one of these on there. I'm going to say Imperial Guards. So there was an empire in there somewhere, I believe. You're right. <laughs> Am I? Imperial Guards details the backstory of Andre Kaminsky, the blonde male commander of the Sarlin forces, where he was sold by his widowed mother to the king's brother to help pay off debts. Hell yeah, Quinn! Yeah, on the board! Woo! (laughs) I had actually read that part of of Beastars, but you you just... just, I was like, it's gotta be... (laughs) There was an empire in that, so I can't go with Black Butler. Let's go with that. Oh, God. All right. All right. Uh, spoiler seven here. This series pulls a soggy drop God in the sense it. that a character has the same plan of Daikichi of waiting years to make sure their then underage love interest feelings are true before hooking up with them only without the incest angle. The reason I can't guess this isn't because I can't guess what series would do this. It's because this is a thing that happens in a lot of manga, so I don't know how to narrow it down without a hint. Uh, th- uh, the hint is this is the culmination of the main relationship that was developing and you are aware of when you initially read this series. So, as in, we caught the vibes when we read it. Yes, I believe so. Shit, okay. Um, series, so... Uh, we were aware trying to think of series we read that we didn't finish there's a lot of ones we already finished that had like that weird premise to it hmm. 
I, I, I'm going to say I don't know. Black Butler. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I got nothing. It's too, too much. Answer is love so light. Uh, God damn it. No idea what that is. We must have read it at some point. Probably excellent. <laughs> Uh, late into the series, 25-year-old love interest Seiji professes his love for 16-year-old protagonist Shiharu to her while presenting her with a ring. However, being aware of the age gap and that she has, to, uh, has had to mature quicker than she uh, should have due to her circumstances, Seiji tells Shiharu to wait until she is his current age before responding to him with the ring symbolizing that his feelings won't change. By the final chapter, six of those years pass and they end up getting together. Yeah, cool. So he couldn't even wait the full nine years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the love. So life is, I believe it involves like, uh, um, she basically gets kind of pseudo adopted by him, uh, when she's like 13 or something like that. So, oh, man. uh, spoiler eight, the protagonist is brutally unapologetically betrayed by the person who was their primary motivation throughout the series to that point. I mean, that could be uh, one. Special uh, credit apparently to Eltheon22 and Kaniku fan for the assistant with, uh, assistance with this one. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying it is, but it sounds like Black Butler to me. <laughs> uh, this betrayal uh, is both also, a figurative is both... and literal downfall the protagonist. And considered. literal downfall. I'm going to change now based off the hint. I'm going to say Tower Isn't of God. Isn't that Tower of God? I'm going to say Tower of God yeah. based off the structure part. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. We're on the board. The clue gave me a lot away, though. Yeah, I, too, watched that anime. <laughs> <laughs> we know the context because we know what happens here. Yep, I didn't just go based off the tower being a, a, a structure. So, uh, yes. Uh, number nine, the series ends on a downer ending where almost nobody ends up happy slash in a relationship. <laughs> fuck i love that though <laughs> gotta sometimes make people just blindingly sad i guess um i don't have an answer though if it's in uh, a relationship i'm thinking it's not black butler yeah probably not and also also that series isn't over yet so yeah Ooh. um series that ended with nobody in a relationship that we read I, oh, is it? It's probably some sort of romance or romantic comedy kind of thing. This is so. a weird one. I feel like we did this one, another one, but maybe good ending, which would be really ironic of just none Possibly. of them ended up in a relationship. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't know. Hold on. Well, here we go. The sole person that does end up in a relationship is among your top ten manga characters we hate. This has uh, today to today. Love one. starts. Today, love starts. Uh, Going for it. Uh, Bang. <laughs> Sadly, no. Uh, the answer was prison school, which is good. How is it a downer ending? All those characters suck. They didn't deserve yeah. happiness. Like, yeah, this is like, brava, brava, mwah, mwah. This is wonderful. Everyone's unhappy. Oh, God. In the final chapter, Third Wheel Hana reveals that he had also lied to Chio about not having stolen one Hana's pants. He's causing Chio to rebuild into trust men shattered. And she rejects him and eventually becomes another man-eating leader of the Underground Student Council. Oh, God. The only person who successfully ends up in a relationship is Andre, who confesses not to original love interest Mako, but Teresa, the VP of the regular student council. I think it's that she's the one who was he was trying to teach how to be a dom, which is which makes that extra creepy. So, yep, I hate it. All right, 
Uh, spoiler 10. One of the best better characters in the series is ruined by a disturbing incest twist. Uh, disturbing here is referring to more than just the incest. I hate that. I hate that entire oh, sentence. Boy. Cred- credit to Lazarus and uh, Molderman for the assistance. No idea here. Hint, the character wanting revenge for their lover's death caused them to trick the other characters into making negative progress on escaping their situation. Also, you couldn't have read this part if you wanted. The scans only started being done after you covered it. All right. Black Butler. <laughs> monkey peak oh my god what it's revealed that yagi one of the more competent members of the group intentionally misled the group into going up the mountain again in order to go after the monkeys who murdered his sister Kaoru, whom he loved angry that this conflict had killed her because he loved her Yagi ends up dying doing this. The group then comes across a hiding place that Yagi had frequented that contained a bunch of supplies, including condoms and a dead body, which they realized he and Kara had been using as their own paradise. Ugh. That series blows. I hate this so much. Uh, I'm glad we never got to that part. It was much more fun when it was just about dumb monkeys killing people. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, question 11, which of the following series have a sequel series? This must be multiple choice based off of what I'm yeah, seeing. I think it's, um, I think it's more than, I think it's more than one of these two. Yes. Yeah. It's uh fruits basket, Hulk, Zetch bell, doubt, AKA rabbit doubt, love. So life, great teacher Onizuka and mountain peak. So I can tell you at least two. I know offhand that do doubt definitely does. And Onizuka definitely does. Okay. Zatch bell also does. I know Zatch bell just came out okay. with one this year. So that's three. I'm going to guess monkey peak does too. Just cause. Oh my uh, God. It would be fucking funny if it does. They're like back to the peak. The monkeys return. Um, hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to read the hint because I'm kind of confused by this. No hint for this one. Give it your best guess. Okay. Which of the following series have it? I'm going to go out on a limb and say all of them. Because, like, Hmm. we're already at four. That's that's at least a majority of them. Did Fruits Basket have uh, a sequel series? I could see it having one. It could. I haven't heard of one. but uh, And then Hulk, I wouldn't know one way or the other. I'm going to say all of them. And Black Butler. <laughs> Despite Black Butler not having and all of them in Black Butler, <laughs> I'd like to lock in my answer, Regis. Uh, according to this, it's all of them. Yeah, so good job, Quinn. Yeah, woo! I am a real uh, American. Monkey uh, Circle. I want to know what Monkey Circle is. <laughs> it's it's just the same thing, you know. It's just like <laughs> it's going just to circle, circle. instead of go anywhere. Uh, these are a couple series that have had sequels to them that you guys didn't already know about when you covered them. Yeah. So some of those I definitely knew. Uh, Zatch Bell sequel is brand new, and I definitely knew of Paradise Lost. Fruits Basket, another. Hmm. All right, last one. Spoiler twelve. The following exist in this series. A battle against a building-sized giant opponent, a battle on horseback, a battle where a skeleton pirate stabs someone through the back of the chest, a battle involving hypnotizing face paint, a battle involving duplicating projectiles, a battle with lightspeed attacks countered by summoning black holes, which is then countered by super lightspeed attacks breaking the black holes. A battle where the attacks are interdimensional in nature, and a battle where the opponent dual wields. <laughs> That's it. It's marvelous. Uh, <laughs> this is a tough one. 
There's a lot going on there. Yes. I have to think. I have to kind of. <laughs> I have to kind of go. Really, kind of like gauge everything I thought of. Because the hint is the term battle is being very specific to this description. I think what series really involved a lot of battles. Uh, and the uh, the answer to that is, of course, Black Butler. Uh, Never not the hint the is the term battle is being used for a specific reason for this description. Was there a sequel uh, to Basilisk? Because this sounds like the dumb shit they would do in Basilisk. Uh, I am going to say... Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh would be a good one. Oh, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) It's New Prince of Tennis. Nick, it sounds like we have to read New Prince of Tennis at some point. They're gonna make me do it at some point, aren't they? I honestly don't know any additional context for these, and I don't think we need them, to be honest. Look, I... If one of us is on our deathbeds and New Prince of Tennis isn't done yet, then we'll cover it. Otherwise, I'm not going to cover it unless it's over. Okay, yeah. like it's got to it's got to be finished because that series has been going on longer than the original Prince of Tennis at this point, and I have no idea when it's going to end. So I'm not going to like say, "Oh, sure, we'll cover it up to now," and then go on for another 20 years or whatever. All right, uh, moving oh, back. God. Moving back to the previous questions. Um, a lot of these are kind of similar. Which is the most least surprising? I guess the least surprising is maybe Love So Life, where you're like, oh, a dude who was creepy to this girl ends up being uh, creepy to marrying her. Like, it's not that shocking. I guess the most shocking least, part is he didn't wait the entire time he promised. Oh, least surprising for me was Umi no Misaki ending with an orgy. It's like, yeah, of uh, course. Of course yeah. it did. Yeah. Uh, most surprising. Uh, I guess, I mean, I guess it's Monkey Peak. I didn't expect that to be. I mean, I guess it's like, you know, kind of a horror thing to be like, I don't know. Maybe she just gets wild and creepy. But uh, that's certainly a lot. Uh, I am going to go with. I would I would say prison school almost based on like, oh, it ends like that way, except that you ended it. You said it like, oh, no, no one ends up together. It's like good. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So instead, I'm going to say the Shiori experience, as in, like, wait, there's a plot to actually have evil musician-possessed people? What the fuck is this noise? So, uh, Least shocking, I guess, is maybe I'd say some of the sequel series, because I knew some of them. But also, like, some of them, you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'm not shocked there's a Fruits Basket sequel um, or, like, a Zatch Bell sequel. Like, those are, like, stupidly popular series. I can absolutely see again that... Um, most shocking uh i don't know if i have a most shocking one shiori experience i do want to give like some attention to being like i wish we had gotten to talk about that on the recap because that is a wild fucking thing of like what if i make more people possessed by dead musicians like i want to see where they keep going like my army kurt cobain the big bopper amy winehouse all gathered together uh, I guess my most shocking was the new Prince of Tennis one, just because like the stuff that happened in it, I'm not surprised to learn about it at all. But <laughs> you asking me to guess that and then the reveal was pretty good. Also, you can't dual wield in tennis. <laughs> Don't make me get my rule book out again. That's not allowed. I do really love the last one is someone dual wielding. You're like, why is that so special? And then when you're like, it's about tennis, you're like, 
Yeah, you know, now I am pretty interested in how to do dual wields. I remember specifically there being a character in New Prince of Tennis where to make out how what how crazy badass he is, his racket only has two strings in it. And I remember seeing that and being like, that's illegal. You can't play with that. Oh, oh God. God. Um, what was the most and least intriguing? I'm definitely intrigued about New Prince of Tennis now based off that. I God damn it. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I'm going to read it now. Um, I'm intrigued by the Snow White, the red hair thing, because I, I mean, that was a series that like I did like when we read it. Uh, and it's just the one that I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about since then. But I would definitely pr- like to try and get back into it. Uh, least intriguing is probably the Love So Life thing because I mean a lot of these on here like oh yeah I already knew that this was a garbage series so seeing this twist that has me have a negative opinion of it doesn't affect that but in that case although I wasn't really going to check it out anyway now I definitely am not going to Uh, I will say least intriguing to me is uh, the Imperial Guards one because I uh, have like my meter of interest in the series did not change in any iota (laughs) After that reveal, I was just like, yep, all right. I called it just based off of that part. Um, I guess I'm also least intrigued by that Beastars ending because that sounds pretty dumb. And I was a series mm. I was actually kind of interested to check out at some point. Beastars ending isn't the best, unfortunately. So uh, it's it's not bad. It's just kind of. And then assuming the laws of space of time were twisted that you would have been able to read all these parts uh, of the series when they were recommended. Which, if one, if any, would you most want to talk about? I think I said this. Your experience really does sound like one i would be curious to oh like. yeah that would that would have tremendously altered like how we <laughs> talked about that series i feel like uh because that's kind of a game changer yeah um and uh yeah i guess also i i feel like if we had talked about umi no musaki when it was over then we could have at least put the bow on like how terrible of a series it was like but yeah. that's about it and there is also a number six, oh. which is would would does any would any of these have changed your impression of the series at the time it was reviewed? Uh, Love so life for the worse. Uh, B stars probably for a little bit for the worse because you know it was not uh, done when we talked about it. Uh, probably Tower of God as well uh, in terms of like how what would have felt about that part of the series at least. Um, because we did stop not too long before that twist happens, I think. And then we just kind of both read it a little bit more, I think. So. Uh, prison school, I would have uh, greatly enjoyed <laughs> shitting all over, be like, good, none of these fucking dickheads end up happy. I am glad about that. Except for the worst one. <laughs> I, I don't even care. They're all sucking. I don't know. Maybe gets hit by a meteor later. Yeah, maybe. All right, that's it. That's it for Q and A and for uh, for spoiler quiz time. So thanks, guys, for all your submissions of questions and stuff. We hope that uh, you enjoyed us doing this. Be sure to submit some more questions uh, for the next time that we do one of these special editions of the show, and uh, be sure to tune in on Wednesdays regularly when we talk about MAGA, which we normally do here on Twitch.tv/RoloT, starting around seven thirty Eastern time each week. You can also check out our past episodes on weeklymagarecap.podbean.com as well as youtube.com slash weeklymagarecap and really generally anywhere the podcast can be listened to, like Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff. 
The video version has an opening sequence by Milo Jack Dillitz and Winsley Dead Shedder. Thanks, guys, for creating that for us. It is awesome. Also, we have title cards done for us occasionally by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out on uh, his Twitter account, twitter.com slash stevemannart, and also just generally anywhere boobs are allowed to be drawn. Anywhere. He also uses this Steve Mann art uh, name in all those different places. Uh, we also want to extend special thanks to everyone in our Discord community, whether or not you submitted a question. We really appreciate you guys supporting the show in every way that you do. Uh, Ninja X3i for arranging the quiz, as well as the Google Doc where questions can be posted to, as well as recommendations for future series to us to cover. Uh, and you can also join us on the Discord channel, which will get a buzz whenever the stream goes live as we get the show started up. Uh, and also you, we have discussions about the series as they come out. Uh, recommendation, there is a section for that. Uh, and also there's bi-weekly game nights amongst our community. An awesome group of people to talk about stuff with yes absolutely i have been nick this is quinn we have been weekly manga recap thank you for... we, i mean we are still like it's nope we're done we're nick and hang up this call we're gonna go our separate ways take new identities Goodbye. yeah forever yep uh, and when there will be a show next week as well uh i don't know who will be here just two two people wander in <laughs> And uh, that's that's your new get. And I don't know if it'll be about manga. It could be about anything. I don't know. Using your same login credentials, like they mm -hmm. use the same stream and everything. Yeah, they're in our they're in our rooms. <laughs> Both of us are like, "Why are you in our house?" Like, fate called to me. I picked up the phone. And I'm like, "Wait, aren't you aren't you Emperor Palpatine?" And they're like, "Yes, I've risen again." Ah, somehow Palpatine returned. God, yeah. really? There is no perfect, uh, more perfect line of dialogue than that. Nope. <laughs> Bye, everybody.